0: And welcome into Hoopsville, everybody, on a Thursday, July or July, December 11th, 2014. Welcome into the show. Hope you are having a good evening as it were. Certainly appreciate any of you who are tuning in. Um, whether it is live on the show, uh, or you might be watching this show uh, on demand on YouTube or, of course, on D3Hoops.com. Or you might even be listening to our podcast. We certainly appreciate You supporting us, uh, update on our podcast. We do have that going now through SoundCloud, hoping to get it going through iTunes. We're running into some technical glitches with that, but we're working on it. And so hopefully you'll be able to, um, enjoy it that way as well, but that's all coming up. And and so you can enjoy those. Please share those with your friends. Uh, hope you, we're giving you as many options as possible to enjoy the show here. Um, this season, uh, it's part of the improvements that came from much of the, uh, Um, uh, uh, fundraising uh, that that we did last year and we certainly appreciate everybody's support with that you're going to see a few more uh, tricks with that that we got going this year including um, uh, skyping uh, with live interviews with guests um, even pre-taping those uh, with skype but those are some of those things you'll get to see a little bit of this year or in this show i should say here tonight again you can see we are still in the process of decorating our studio. This will be look a lot different when we're back on the air in 2015 um, as we'll have a few more pieces in place to be able to decorate things well. The other thing that, that certainly came in um, that we are certainly proud of is we got our number 22, Lauren Hill jersey. Um, the Ohio Wesleyan jersey is what we uh, got. Uh, wonderfully signed by Lauren Hill herself. We certainly appreciate that. We were more than happy to make a a donation to the cause, as it were. This will hang in our studios, um, and it will have a permanent place in our studios as we honor Lauren, who is still with us um, and fighting, and we certainly appreciate her spirit. We'll hang that in a place so you can always see it behind us. A lot of the other stuff can change out. We can change out the shirts. We can change out other items. We're going to put shelves in there. So, But Lauren Hill Jersey from Ohio Wesleyan will have a permanent place there, obviously. Um, per the fundraiser, stay tuned. We're going to probably do a little bit more of that this year, but stay tuned for that down the road as well. We'll have more information as we hit 2015. But let's talk about 2014, shall we? Um, another week of upsets, uh, a Um I don't think it's necessarily an upset. Number four, Augustana defeating number one, Wisconsin Whitewater. That game or that result was in double overtime last night on Wednesday, and it was a thriller to say the least. Certainly a job well done by the, by the, uh, by Augie to get that victory at home against Whitewater. That is a significant victory because if all you men's basketball fans and followers don't remember, Wisconsin, Whitewater, and the WIAC are now in the central region, what was called the Midwest region. Remember, it's been like that on the women's side for a number of years, now the men's side mimics that on the women's side. and so that is a major regional rank uh, regional uh, game. Uh, certainly it already had regional ramifications in the past. It has more ramifications now, certainly, as you now have you know positioning when it comes to the NCA tournament. Uh, could it have an ultimate effect? Who knows if it changes anything? Um, but certainly that has a ramification this year, maybe a little bit more than we've had in the past so that was a big game to say the least uh for those two teams uh and hats off to augustana to bounce back from the loss against central uh to get that victory uh wisconsin whitewater's first division three loss their second loss overall Uh, we'll see how the voters deal with that they had just moved back into number one as i predicted last show they probably would um Who's the new number one? I mean, you look at the top 25 from last week. Uh, the most votes went to Amherst, but they were second. Um, no, most, most number one votes went to Amherst; they were second. Um, so, does that mean Amherst is your default number one? I'll, I'll tell you right now: I've got a team ahead of uh, Amherst that I would maybe consider putting number one. But here's the other thing: Amherst lost to Brandeis. So, and that's that you know conversation. So maybe you know maybe it's a a dark horse that gets number one this time maybe the votes go all over the place as we clearly are seeing top 25 voters with not uh, a full a a full understanding of, of who the top teams are and i'll tell you right now i don't know who the top teams are i think it's a very very challenging year uh to say the least so we will see how this all uh plays itself out obviously um in in the next vote which comes out monday i think I think I'm, I'm I don't think I'm going on a limb here I believe Monday's vote will may be the last one uh, for 2014 there may be one on the 22nd that comes out um the next one would definitely come out the fifth the question is whether we take three weeks off between votes or two weeks off I'm not sure what the answer there is gonna be have to check with Pat Coleman but uh, the, the holidays always do that. We take a break for the holidays. Um, we'll see where the vote comes into play this year and, and where the games are, et cetera. I mean, if there's not a lot of games between the 15th and 22nd, not much at point in voting. But then again, you also don't want to go from the 15th into the 5th between polls. So we'll we'll check with Pat sometime down the road, and we'll find out when the next vote is. But the 15th, obviously, is our next top 25. So, you know, plenty of upsets. Ohio Wesleyan uh, lost a trine. Um, not a loss you expected. I mean, they had played denison they played ohio wesleyan they had played um other top 10 now top 20 teams and gotten victories now they lose to Trine. um they had risen quickly in the polls um another big game coming up this weekend illinois wesleyan will be taking on chicago um chicago already has three losses on the season not that a loss to illinois wesleyan would hurt them that much certainly won't help them in a very tough regional ranking now Uh, That the Wyek is in place, but it's a big game. If Chicago wins that, that reevaluates everything. I think, especially Illinois Wesley. So lots to lots to look at this year. There's been plenty of uh, huh moments throughout the year on the men's side. Women's side pretty status quo. Um, No real surprises after UFlorm solidified its its first place a little bit more, gained some first place votes. Uh, Thomas Moore went ahead of of Amherst. That was a little surprising. But then again, I think people are just trying to figure some things out. I think some top 25 voters decided to change their minds on who the number one team was despite no losses. And so Thomas Moore moved into second ahead of Amherst. But I I don't think that's a a make or break. I don't think that's an end-of-the-world type thing. That's just voters trying to figure things out at the beginning of the year. So, uh, But a little bit more status quo on the women's side, to be sure. Um and so on and so forth if you want to interact with us don't forget you can do so on twitter at d3 hoopsville or hashtag hoopsville you can join us on email hoopsville at d3hoops.com or on facebook at com slash hoopsville those are the ways you can interact with us and we certainly welcome any and all conversations you may have i know that uh uh katie crump um uh tweeted out that she's looking forward to hearing from a couple of different uh, basketball coaches here. She's the assistant women's basketball coach at Washington College. Uh, she's looking forward to the interview with uh, Kelly Lewandowski from Salisbury. And she's looking forward to uh, uh, Coach Scott uh, from, from Lynchburg. Uh, They're all coming up here on the show. We have Lynchburg's Coach Hillary Scott going to join us live on the show. Also going to talk to Brandeis' Coach Brian Meehan and their big win over Amherst. We'll talk to Salisbury women's basketball coach Kelly Lewandowski, and we'll also talk to Wash U women's basketball coach Nancy Fay. Uh, and then we'll also talk to Yeshiva's men's basketball coach uh, about their program and and just the incredible um, start of the season that they have had there. The Maccabees are 7-3 and three overall, 5-1. and one. Uh, Coach Elliott, in his first year there, we'll talk to him about coaching his alma mater. Uh, we'll talk to him about this significant start for the program and what it means overall for this uh, very unique program. Uh, Jewish school, obviously, if you don't know much about yeshiva, um, somewhat in similar in nature to a Messiah or a Hope or a Calvin or the Wheaton schools, uh, though maybe a little bit more on the religious side of things, certainly with a Jewish uh, side of things. We'll talk to him about that and their terrific start. You cannot shake your head at 7 and 3, 5 and 1, especially when it includes wins over some very good schools in the skyline or have been in the past purchases um you know St. Joe's uh and and others and so we'll talk to him coming up here on the show. A reminder that we will be off the air for the rest of this year 2014. Uh, as next week, we, we will be tied up with the Stag Bowl coverage and Gilardi's, uh trophy presentation coverage in Salem, Virginia, uh, part of D3 football and YD3 show efforts there. We just won't have time to be able to do a show from Salem uh, on Thursday. We have tried the last few years. I've always come into this show saying, hey, I'm going to do my best. We'll see what happens. And I get there and go, this is insane. Well, I already know this year it's going to be insane. There's no way we're going to be able to pull it off. So uh, we will take this next week off. We'll take the following week off as well. Really, we'll take three weeks off of the show, unfortunately, um, just to the fact that on the 18th and the 25th and the 1st, there isn't much to talk about. However, we'll also be in Vegas. And in Vegas, at the D3Hoops.com Classic, we talked to many of the coaches and or players involved with every single team there. So as a result... Uh, You'll get a bunch of hoopsil vignettes there, hoopsil Corner interviews, kind of like what we did at the hoopsil Classic Um, to tie you over for Thanksgiving. You'll get a number of interviews there. Uh, Pat Coleman and myself are going to be joined by Justin Sweeney as well um, from the Pacific Northwest. Um, But uh, Pat and I will probably conduct most of those interviews, and you'll get a chance to hear from those who are participating. So that's how we'll tie you over for Hoopsville. But when we come back, we'll be uh, getting into our Sunday, Thursday coverage every Sunday and every Thursday throughout the rest of the season, seven to 9 PM Eastern time. Other little note, in case you're interested, I'll be going to the NCAA convention this year. It's located uh, in, in Washington, DC or just outside Washington, DC at the national Harbor. Um, we will be chatting uh, and learning how things are progressing there and um, uh, talk to those who are involved with things, um, the votes, see how they all play out. There's obviously a lot on the line that affects Division Three, so we'll be making our presence known and covering it there. Uh, how that will affect hoop is to be determined. We may see if we can find a substitute for us that night. Um, but nonetheless, uh, looking forward to that. So something you can look forward to as well. Um, other things that have certainly uh, garnered our attention um, around Division III, um, to say the least, um, oh, I'm sorry. I said Wash U was, uh, Illinois Wesleyan was playing Chicago. I'm mistaken. It's Wash U playing Illinois Wesleyan. I had the UAAs backwards in my head. Chicago's got another big game. It's Wash U versus Illinois Wesleyan in men's basketball, three versus five. Thank you, Chris, for pointing that out. Clearly my brain's in some other gear. Um, nonetheless, uh, I appreciate that being caught. Um, anyway, so lots of other things have certainly caught our attention around Division Three. We mentioned that um, certainly the, the top 25 is a topsy-turvy. Um, I think I mentioned that in the first, um, the preseason ballot, I had something like 18 losses amongst the teams I had ranked in the top 25. Um, I don't remember what the first week, but I think the second week I had eight losses, which I thought was a nice improvement, only to be followed up with 11 losses going into last, you know, this this week's top 25 when I revoted. Uh, it's getting old to have this many losses. Again, Whitewater lost. Amherst has lost. Wash U will be playing Illinois Wesleyan, so that's another top five loss. You, you by the end of the weekend, you are guaranteed four top five teams on the men's side will have taken losses this week, guaranteed. Um, it obviously, if Augustana were to lose on Saturday, and I don't even know if they're playing anybody, we'll quickly check that. Um, Augustana is playing McMurray on the 16th, so they can't lose this weekend. So we can't have worse than four out of the five teams losing in the top five on the men's side. Ohio Wesleyan lost, so that's five out of six that will have lost. Richard Stockton uh, is playing Rutgers-Newark. You never know. Rutgers-Newark's a good team. St. Thomas sitting in eighth. Um, Emory, Dickinson, Virginia Wesleyan. Nobody has really stood up so far in the list I'm telling you about. Uh, WPI, Albertus Magnus, everybody has taken a loss. Um, if I'm looking at this right, the only two teams right now that have no losses and potentially will have no losses coming uh, in the current top 10 are WashU and Richard Stockton. Potentially, they could both take losses, certainly, by the end of the weekend. But that means you've got to get down to center at 14 without a loss so far. North Central at 16 without a loss st norbert at 20 without a loss marietta at 25 without a loss and there's certainly others who are getting votes who don't have losses either but think about that top 10 could be everybody could have a loss at this point in the season that's i don't want to say it's unheard of but it's not that common usually there's always a top part of the top 25 that we're all looking at going ah of course that's going to be you know we're going to go a ways before we get a loss there that's just not the case this year, and it's certainly surprising on the men's side of things. Whereas, again, you go back onto the women's side of things. FDU, Florm, St. Thomas, or St. M- Thomas Moore, Amherst, Tufts, WashU, Scranton, Montclair State, St. Thomas, Wheaton, NYU, Williams, George Fox. You go 12 teams before you get your first loss. Um, Oshkosh has a loss. Hope has a loss. St. Mary's does not. DePaul has a loss. I mean, there's a litany of teams in here that don't have losses on the women's side, and the men is just a, a it's just a ton of them left and right. So fascinating start to the season. I think on the men's side, a ton of parity. I don't think there's a lot of top teams, in a sense, have risen above uh, and taken over this year or will take over this year. I think it's going to be wide open which is going to make the NCAA tournament in March fascinating because I don't think there's going to be clear favorites to get to the final four. And while certainly we're always looking to see how the bracket will affect things and it always has an effect. I think this year it's going to have a much bigger ramification because not who is going to get knocked off, but who is going to be able to survive. I think is going to be the bigger key here. This season is going to be all about upsets per se, lots of questions and positioning for a fascinating march to say the least I mean there's still a whole litany of men's teams getting votes from one single vote in this in the likes of Central who got the win over Augustana Wheaton Misericordia Gustavus Adolphus Stevens Stevenson has two Whitworth has two DeSales has two um, you know it's just not a walk away nobody's got 600 points in the top 25 this week. Uh, Whitewater has first place by seven votes. Nine first place. amherst has 11 first place and Washu has five. This weekend this this vote going into the holidays is going to be fascinating to see who people may start trying to ride their coattails of but again nobody has stood up and I and I think it's certainly more interesting. I think it's been a little bit more exciting that way. It's also a little bit more crazy. You can't sit there with a top 25 and sit there and go okay I know how this is going to work out, um, or I know who I'm going to move across. Every week, you're reevaluating what you do. Um, you 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 cannot be comfortable. I, jo- I, I joke and I seriously talk about every year I blow up my top 25 ballot. Um, it usually happens sometime uh, either uh, early January, mid-January, where I blow it up, and sometimes it gets blown up a second time. Um, I wouldn't say I'm in the position of blowing something up um, in the sense that Usually that means I've got some ideas of how the teams are playing out, and now it doesn't make any sense. I'm already at the point of it doesn't make any sense. So I'm already moving teams around. It doesn't, it, I'm, I'm, I I'm. guess you could say I'm blowing up the ballot every week um, for the most part. I, I do have some tiers, but even those aren't, I mean, this last time I voted, I certainly didn't stick to those tiers very much. Um, so we'll see what happens. Again, Amherst losing by 20 points at home against the, what was a 2-5 and five Brandeis squad. Listen, if that's a close game, I'm not going to knock Amherst as much. But that's a 20-point game. Yeah, it was close for a while, but it was 20 points at the end that Brandeis walked out of the frac with. That, that says a lot. And it's not that Amherst doesn't have a good team. I just don't think anybody is head and shoulders walk away good this year. Plain and simple. I just don't think it exists. So... Keep an eye on that. On the women's side, I mean great stories. FTU Floram still undefeated. Last time they lost was the second round of the Division Three Men- Women's Championship in 2013. Um, they are on a 40-game winning streak, if I if if memory serves. I think they were 33-0 last year. Um, yeah, 33-0. So they are on a 41 game winning streak, I should say, because they're now 8 and 0. St. Thomas or Thomas More, keep saying St. Thomas. Thomas Moore, of course, with Sidney Moss on the squad is rolling along they are one point ahead of amherst we talk, talked about that switch one point ahead of amherst who is six and zero now is 102 game home winning streak uh, tufts women off to a terrific start was the tufts men off to a very interesting start i think people expected the tufts men to be better than their record has indicated so far Washu, we'll talk to coach nancy fake coming up scranton playing extremely good basketball they're dangerous again um, Montclair State, don't know what to think of them. St. Thomas, I'm really not sure what to think of the Tommies on the women's side of things. Wheaton, Illinois is playing well. NYU is back in the fray. Now, they had a little bit of an off year last year, if memory serves. I say that now, and now I want to double-check. 20-6, and six, of course, 10-15 uh, and 15 the year before. They really have come on, I should say. In the years past, I was thinking the men's team went off to a good start and struggled. Williams is back in the fray at 9-0. Of course, Williams played probably eight of those games in the first 10 days, it would feel like. Um, but they have they play Wesleyan on the 6th, and they won't play again until the 20th when they go to Puerto Rico to play Eastern University and then Lynchburg on the women's side. So, I mean, it's just fascinating. The Women much more steady, men certainly not as much. Going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get into our interviews. We'll start off with an interview with Lynchburg Men's Basketball. Talk about a team who's off to a good start. Did, did take a loss last night against Randolph-Macon, but considering the start they had, that's a pretty good loss. And it was only by a couple points. We'll talk to their head coach, Hillary Scott, here coming up here on Hoopsville. Also coming up, we will talk to um, uh, women uh, – Brandeis' coach Brian Meehan, I should mention, Uh, he'll be joining us here on the show to talk about their big win over Amherst, as we mentioned, and the UAA, and where his team is and why it's so young. Also talk to women's basketball coach at Salisbury, uh, Kelly Lewandowski. She'll join us to talk about maybe the resurgence of the Seagulls. They're back in the top 25 after forever having not been there. We'll also talk to uh, Coach Nancy Fay from WashU and Yeshiva's men's basketball coach as well. That's all coming up here on Hoopsville. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com, the National Association of Basketball Coaches. When we come back, we'll talk to um, Coach Hillary Scott from Lynchburg. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com, the National Association of Basketball Coaches. More Hoopsville right after this.
1: I used to never really talk ever I was scared and shy it was hard to look at people's faces i was afraid if i said something wrong everyone would laugh at me but then i started to play golf with special olympics I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless.
2: got more schools than Division 1, more fans than Division 2, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships, and we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division 3 basketball like we do. We are d3hoops.com at www.d3hoops
3: division three allows you to be able to give yourself to other things not even just participate in them but really get involved with them if you want to
4: there's a lot of interaction Um, it's not just sitting back taking notes you're actually doing hands-on things and better preparing yourself for your major choosing
5: a division three school i've had the opportunity to develop my leadership skills and to be more involved on campus
6: division three athletics you know, affords students the opportunity not only to participate in uh, intercollegiate athletics at a competitive level, but also gives them the opportunity to, you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport and outside of the academics on the campus. And to have opportunity to have time to join clubs and being able to play basketball it allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do, God, I wouldn't change it for the world.
0: Welcome into Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying our show here on December 11th, 2014. Certainly uh, lots to talk about. We've been talking about the surprises going on in Division Three basketball, and, and certainly there is plenty to chat about. Um, if you have questions for us or you've got uh, uh, thoughts for our guests or whatever the case may be, you can tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can also join us on uh, email, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. to send your email thoughts that way. Or Facebook us, facebook.com slash hoopsville. That's how you can interact with us. We certainly hope you'll take the time, both on the air and off the air, of course, as well. We certainly will look forward to hearing from you. One of the teams that certainly had our attention most of the season, the way they started, um, it was the uh, Lynchburg um, Hornets, who are off to a 6-1 and one start. Uh, you might remember last year, certainly made some waves. Um, off to a good start themselves. Then seventeen and nine, finished ten and six in the ODAK this year. Already six and one, one and one. They lost their first game um, just the other night, about five days ago, against Randolph-Macon, uh, and have a big game against Marymount coming up. So we figured, well, we we, we should probably talk to their head coach, and so agreeing to join us uh, on Skype. Not even a Hoopsville hotline like we normally has. Is their uh, basketball coach Hillary Scott? Coach, welcome to Hoopsville.
7: How you doing? Thanks for having me.
0: I'm hoping – oh, try it one more time, Coach, so I can see if we can hear you.
7: I I said thank you, and I and, and, uh, hope you're doing well. Can you hear I me? I do.
0: Good. I just had the wrong button pushed. I hope the, the viewers sure. could hear as well. Thanks so much for joining me. I, I certainly appreciate it. Again, you guys are off to a, a pretty good start. I mean, the loss to Randolph-Macon was by a scant point. Uh, so you really can't knock anything about that fifty-three fifty-two. Of course, at their place in Ashland, I was going to say a tough place to play, but Frostburg beat them there. So we'll try not to hold that against you. Um, how has the season started from your point of view?
7: Well, so far so good. I mean, uh, you know, you always like to be seven and zero at this point, yeah. but six and one is a really good start. Um, I feel like we've played some really tough teams opening up the season, and uh, we've been playing hard. We've been playing with a lot of spirit and energy. I really enjoy that about this team. Uh, guys are listening and playing for one another, and, and, and the, the, the question is, can we sustain it? Uh, we talk about consistency throughout the season, so hopefully we can uh, you know, use that as a term for us moving forward
0: not to dwell on the past too much but obviously the end of last season was a little bit tough for you guys after a great start losing 3 of the last 6 including 3 in a row to Guilford Bridgewater and then Eastern Mennonite in the conference tournament i know that kind of left a bad taste in your mouths a little bit is that maybe what we're seeing at the beginning of the season a little bit of a uh, a little bit of an edge to the team as it were
7: well i hope so you know whatever uh, motivation we can use we'll we'll definitely take advantage of it and i, and I think our guys you know, we were a preseason pick number seven as well in our league and, and I don't know if that sat well with our guys as well. But, you know, to to be honest with you as a coach, you know, you wanna you wanna finish well and uh having a good start uh beats the alternative for sure. But uh, you know, the, the thing is is how we finish and where you where you're you know, ranked and all of those things is is more important towards the end of the season than it is at the beginning. And we got a lot of things we need to work on, and uh, for us to get better, uh, which is positive. You know, us winning some games, um, you know, with, with still having some things we really need to work on to get better at. Um, you know, that part of it is real positive. But as a coach, you know, we want to we want to end well, and uh, we haven't done that the last couple of years. And and I know as a staff, we're working extremely hard to try to get these guys better every single day.
0: You're in your sixth season as a coach, and Clearly, it's already making an impact as we mentioned. Since you've come on board, 12 and 15, 11 and 15, then you turn the corner, uh, 15 and 11, 19 and 8, 17 and 9. Now you're off to another great start in a tough conference, to say the least. You're not shying away either uh, in your conference schedule. I mean, you went out there to play. Granted, a Mary Washington team that's depleted from last year, but still tough, well coached. Uh, you took on Christopher Newport, got a huge win against them. Um, you, you took on Ferrum. We're going to skip over the game against my alma mater. Don't want to bring that up. Um, But obviously, that was a tough game at halftime that you were able to pull away uh, at the end. Uh, I'm sorry I couldn't be there for it. But you haven't shied away on this conference, a non conference schedule, excuse me. And you've still got um, Marymount uh, ahead of you coming up in, in five days. You've got Richard Stockton at, and potentially Randolph Macon or Immaculata at Franklin and Marshall coming up. you know at the beginning of the season you guys are going for it
7: yeah i mean i think that's what we got to do and and maybe that's part of the reason why we haven't finished as well as we need to we just we need to i felt like we needed to uh boost up our out of conference schedule and, and hopefully this doesn't come back and bite me uh as we look you know as we look back at the end of the season but i feel like these games can only help us in this tough league that we play in and uh, when you got the likes of you know the other eleven teams that we play in the ODAC and every single game is a grind Um, I felt like we needed to to, you know try to play some good teams really good teams tournament teams and hopefully get our mindset where maybe we can possibly be one of those guys at the end of the season and uh, like I said I hope this doesn't bite me at the end but but I think you know, at the end of the day, it can only help us to get us ready for this tough, grinded-out league that we play in.
0: When you look at the schedule, uh, I mean, your, 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 your roster, I should say, there are just two seniors on this squad. And they're not even the guys that, that are your keys, at least on the stat sheet. Uh, Alex Graves, a junior, is your leading scorer 16.5 points a game. Zach Burke, a sophomore, 13.5 points a game. Austin Arnold, a junior, 13 points a game. Daniel Rowe, a junior, 8.5 points a game. Lyndon White, a sophomore, 6.5 points a game. Then I get to a senior, A.J. Hamilton, 6.5 points a game. And certainly there's other contributions in, in other departments. Uh, Graves, though, is your leading rebounder. Burnett is your lead second re- rebounder. Third rebounder is another junior in Arnold. This bodes well, certainly for the future. It bodes well for this year, too, if you've got this much young talent already stepping up to the plate at this point in the season.
7: I think it's a it's a credit to those guys too. They've really worked extremely hard uh, during the off season. I mean, even starting right after we lost the ODAC tournament, it didn't sit well with them the way we ended the season. And uh, they really have put in the work, uh, you know, on the court, in the weight room, conditioning, and, and it really, you know, kind of snowballed in the preseason as well. And and you know, this success has been a, a credit to their hard work. And uh, they're really, really playing for one another and serving one another. And and that's been, you know, a term we've been using all year. Um, And hopefully we can continue that. Um, But I I think, you know, like I said, it's just been a credit to them and the hard work they put in uh, to really improve their games in all aspects. And and I think another big key is that they're listening. You know, we sit down at the end of of every season and we have one-on-one conversations with each guy and – just to talk about some of the things that need to improve on, and they really have have gone down the list, you know, to try to improve those aspects of their game. Um, I, we got to continue to play unselfishly as we move forward. Uh, we all have to step up our games with these games that we have coming up. You know, we got a tough team in Marymount coming in next week, who's seven and zero and playing really well and had some good wins already this year, uh, who handed it to us pretty well last year at their place um you know so we we've got our work cut out for us moving forward but this is why we play I mean this is why you play division three and this is why you play in the ODAC and uh if you can't enjoy this process and what we're doing here at Lynchburg then then, you know you really shouldn't be playing basketball Uh,
0: obviously there's a buzz no pun intended with the Hornets uh on campus with the women's soccer team uh claiming a national championship in dramatic fashion uh coming from behind the semifinals. Uh, and then um, winning in a shootout to win the national championship and behind an incredible defense, but how? And of course, the men's lacrosse team has always been a, a pretty solid unit. How much do do the successes of those kinds of programs and others, you know, you hear about it, but how much does it really have that kind of residual effect, as it were, into other programs?
7: Well, I think it fuels us, and not only those two programs. You got baseballs, one of ODAC, uh Championship within the last three years. Softball has done the same. Volleyball this in, in the fall lost in the ODAK championship. You got track and field who has a million championships on banners uh, uh, in our gym. I mean, really, you go down the line, all of our programs have been successful. Field hockey's won thirteen or fourteen in a row. I stopped counting. <laughs> um, you know, so uh, you, all of our programs are really really successful, and I, and I think that fuels us. Um, you know, I think our team, our women's team, has done a good job. Coach Pisac Smith has really turned the corner with her bunch. They've been, you know, preseason uh, picked to win their league uh, as well. So I think that fuels all of us. And we want to be talked about. And we want to hang some banners in our gym. We talk about it constantly. And, um, you know, so we, we, we don't want to be the, uh, the the program and the squad. that holds everybody back. And, and. Um, You know, we want to be talked about just like those guys. But I think the unique thing about Lynchburg College is we are a really close-knit bunch in terms of our staff, uh, the athletic department, our athletic director. And, and, um, you know, so we we get motivation out out of seeing success of the other programs. And they truly want to see success from everyone else as well. I mean, Coach Olson, you know, Dr. Olson, you know, ended up texting us uh, during his semifinal game, I think that was the weekend we beat Christopher Newport. Uh, here, we actually played at the same time, I think. And uh, heck, I got a I got a text from him. Congratulations, and and he, he he's making it to the Final Four. But that sums up our program and our athletic department. And uh, you know, we truly uh, you, you know get some joy out of everyone's success.
0: When you look at this this you know conference success is in the conference. But it's also come a long way, at least on the men's basketball side, from he- eclipsing to the very top. Um, Virginia—it's been a while, for, in my mind, it has been a while, but in reality, it's been a while since the, the the since Virginia Wesleyan won a national championship, and you've got good teams like Randolph-Macon, Virginia Wesleyan, Guilford has been in the mix. Um, you certainly have had others like yourselves who are, who've made their presence known. What is there chat amongst coaches in the conference that you know what we we got to kind of get back to things here we got to go back to salem and win another national championship is there is there that conversation going on
7: well i mean I, I think with the league that we have that that is a conversation you know amongst everyone i mean i think i think teams genuinely feel like they have a chance of winning the whole thing um because of the league we actually play in and, and you know what? Not many leagues out there can say you have national champions uh, on the basketball side. Not many leagues can say that you have several final four teams. I mean, a few years ago we had uh, four teams make that. Well, we've had we've had four teams make the tournament twice since I've been here. That's that's unheard of. And uh, and I think that le- uh, two the first time that happened since I since I've been here, I think we had two teams make the final four. Uh, and probably would have been three if Guilford and Eastern Mennonite didn't have to play each other in the Elite Eight. Um, so, I mean, that's a constant conversation. Now, for us, you know, we, we talk about having that opportunity of cutting down nets and winning an ODAC championship and all those things. Uh, we, we, we'd like to take some baby steps first before we start, you know, talking bigger, bigger goals. But, you know, I think if you can get through our league uh, with some success, I think we all feel like you got a shot of winning the whole thing uh, amongst our out-of-conference foes. We really believe that, and um, and we we have evidence of it over the last you know six, seven, eight years. And uh, even when I was playing, you know, we felt like you know, hey, if we could just get out of our league, we, we feel like we got a chance of of being successful.
0: What? How is this conference going to shape up? How? How? You know. Randolph-Macon was a selection at the, to finish at the top of the conference this year. Ham and the Sydney's off to a good start this year at 5 and 0, 2 and 0. Uh Bridgewater may not be overall record but they're 2 and 0 in conference. Lynchburg yourself, 6 and 1, Virginia Wesleyan is 6 and 1, Eastern Mennonite, Randolph and Roanoke are 4 and 2. I think Roanoke's one of your sleepers. Guilford's 5 and 2. You only have 3 teams below 500 right now to start the season how does this conference shape up by the end of the season
7: well i, I mean if it's like any other year i mean that's going to be the norm i think last year we had nine or ten teams mm-hmm. with winning records or something like that i'm yeah I don't quote that off, off the top of my head but but uh unfortunately mm-hmm. it's probably gonna be like that again this year and um you know i think sums us up if you're not ready to play in our league you're gonna get beat I mean, as simple as that. And then if you if you're playing your best, you still might get beat. Um, so it's a grinded out. You know, I know I keep I hate to keep using that same phrase, but I mean, I really truly feel like, you know, you have to take a deep breath after every game. Um, you know, we won a game against Randolph uh, last Wednesday at home, and it was a grinded out um uh, you know, backyard brawl if you want to call it. And you 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 literally want to take a deep breath afterwards and you know and, and hopefully you know get your mind right for the next one, you know, coming up. And in two days we had Randolph making. And that you know, that's where it is. And really every single game is like that. And you look at your schedule, you could you could go 0-16 in the league. Easy. And um you know if you're not ready to play. So Unfortunately, Dave, I think, I, I think it's going to be the same this year. And, and I think that's what makes our league so good is the parity. And you really, you know, on the road is tough. Winning at home is tough. So at the end of the day, winning a league game is tough.
0: Before I let you go, i, I got to get your point of view on, on the coaches in this conference. There is a wide, wide berth of, co- of coaches. You've got the Nate Davises, the Tom Palumbo's. The Dave um Clay Nunley, yourself, um, your former coach in, in Paige Moyer, nobody is similar. Nobody's even close. Nobody has the same style. Everybody has a different defense. Everybody has a different offense. The, you can't go through this conference and go, oh yeah, well his some his game plan is like Virginia Wesleyan's, and and his game plan is like Moyer. That's gotta be the most difficult part. The the wide variety of coaching and coaching styles in this conference.
7: And they're all good. Yeah, that too. That's the other thing, Dave. They're they're all really yeah. good. And uh and um, you know, again, that's what makes our league uh I think so unique. I mean, we we have, you know, eleven really good coaches and um you know they come up with unique game plans every game and you know they do their best to try to take away what you do best and you know it makes it difficult and and over the years we don't change as much so that makes it even worse <laughs> you know Davis in in the sense that you know we're kind of running some of the same things year after year and we know what each other is going to do um which makes it even tougher, you know, to try to get, get a win. It really does on the offensive end and on the defensive end. And I think our game against Randolph-Macon last Saturday, I think we went the last seven minutes and I think Macon scored three points and we scored like four.
0: And, uh, <laughs> oh, there's exciting and, basketball.
7: <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think that's what makes it tough, man. It's just, uh, you know, every possession uh, is a grind and, um, you know, trying your best to to outsmart the other coach is hard. It really is. And um, you know, I wish 11 guys would try to find another job somewhere else. Uh, you, you know, and maybe find find a job, you know, somewhere else where we don't have to see them on a day-to-day basis. But but it does. I mean, as a coach, it is it is fun. It is fun, believe it or not, to uh, you know try to. You know, go X's and O's and play that chess game with all the other coaches in the league, and and, um, you know, it it, it makes it tough. That's why I'm losing my hair now, uh, Dave, with all of these uh, game plans and scouts we got to come with on a day-to-day basis. (laughs)
0: Uh, I think that's when you have to give it to your assistant coaches. Just let them deal with it.
7: Well, they're losing their hair too, so we're 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 all in the same boat. That's
0: why I've got my hair. I'm not into coaching. Uh, Uh, Smart man. Well. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much. love talking about your team uh, and certainly the ODAC, keep an eye on you guys. Sorry I missed you when you are up in our neck of the woods. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe if I've got time, I'll, I'll drop by Lancaster, Pennsylvania and catch you guys. But otherwise, uh, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who are tuning in?
7: Yeah, just, I appreciate you uh, having me on and, and uh, you know, any chance we got a, a chance to talk about Lynchburg basketball, the ODAC and, and all of the other schools and, and teams in our league is great, man. I really appreciate all the work you're doing. And, you know, I, I wish I wish you had all this stuff around when I was playing and maybe we, we would know a little bit more about Division Three 20 years ago. But, um, you know, I really appreciate all the things that you're doing and, and uh, I know our fans enjoy it as well.
0: Well, thank you, Coach. I appreciate it. Good luck the rest of the way. Have a good holiday as well. You too. You too. Thank yep. you. Take care. Hillary Scott joining us from Lynchburg. Appreciate him taking the time to join us. Uh, certainly going to look forward to watching them play in the Old Dominion Athletic Conference this season. Uh, it is going to be a wide-open conference, it certainly looks like. I mean, he mentioned Hamden-Sydney and D-Vick and, and the rest of that gang. So uh, looking forward to that. Coach, thank you so much. Take care of yourself, and we'll talk to you soon. Um that's gonna do it for this. We're gonna take a break. Uh when we come back, we're gonna jump off and talk um to Brandeis, who won the uh the big game against Amherst by 20 points. We'll also talk to women's basketball coach um Kelly Lewandowski at Salisbury. We'll talk to Nancy Fay at Wash U. We'll also talk to Yeshiva. That's all coming up right here on Hoopsville. If you got any questions for us, you can You can tweet us at D3 Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com, or you can Facebook us, facebook.com slash hoopsville. When we come back, we'll jump up to the East Coast and Brandeis, talk to Coach Brian and get a little pearls of knowledge, as it were, from the man on their win over Hammers. You listen to Hoopsville, presented by d3hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. More Hoopsville right after this.
3: Division 3 schools offer academic scholarships instead of athletic scholarships. This really puts the focus that the student athlete needs to maintain that GPA. I
4: did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school.
3: I got the Presidential Scholarship which was huge for me.
4: I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division 3. A lot of people pick schools just based on the sport and don't get that experience.
5: Being a Division 3 athlete and developing my leadership skills has definitely my name out there and helped me get more recognition on campus but more recognition nationwide i did win the jostens trophy which is based on leadership academics and then how well you do on the court
4: i'm also the
6: schwartz scholar of my class schwartz scholarship is basically a scholarship that is given to a student who's identified as a likely leader
3: and the other day it won't matter how they play on the field it will matter how they do in the classroom
0: And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying your evening here on December the 11th. Certainly appreciate all the uh, uh, viewership, as it were. If you have questions for us, you can always ask them on tw- on social media, Twitter, you name it. Uh, Twitter is at D3 Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at d3hoops.com or on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Hoopsville. It has been the year of the upsets and the year of the questions. We have talked about that certainly a lot here. On this show, and just when you think things might settle down, you get another wrinkle, and that happened earlier this week when uh, Brandeis went and visited Amherst, the number two team in the country. And while we certainly know Brandeis makes attention and and, and gets plenty of headlines, I don't think anybody expected them to walk into the Lord Jeffs Lafrec Gymnasium and come out with a 78-58 win. So that got our attention certainly, and that means we go to one of our favorite coaches, and that's Brandeis. Men's basketball coach Brian Meehan, who joins us via Skype. Coach, A, thanks for joining us on the Skype, and B, congratulations on the big win. Thanks, Dave. Dave. It's always good to be with you. Certainly appreciate you taking the time. Listen, let's not sugarcoat this. You guys were off to a rough start, having lost four in a row and and five out of six uh, to start the season um, before you get two big wins, really. A a tough squad, I think a lot of people are trying to figure out. I think they had higher expectations of. You get a two-point win over them at Babson Uh, and then you come across two days later with the Lord Jeffs and get a solid 78-58 win over them I think maybe the win probably not that surprising I mean Amherst has taken some hits uh, in the Northeast before but 20 points at their place I think that caught the attention
9: it caught my attention Dave um, because like you said we started the season pretty slowly for you know a variety of reasons I mean Four very winnable games all came down to the last minute. Um, I mean, we look at it like it was decided at the foul line in all those games. We just weren't shooting well, and um, you know we're really young, so there's certain things you can control and certain things you can't. Uh, free throws were one of the things we thought we could control, uh, so that kind of got us off to a bad start, uh, win loss wise, but in the big picture. You know, we saw our young team really improving and coming together, and we really like our guys a lot. We've got a great attitude. So, um, you know, we weren't fooled by that. I think some other people may have been looking like, oh, you know, maybe we're out of the picture or it's going to be one of those years. But, uh, you know, and the other thing is, you know, we've we've had a lot of injuries. A lot, you know, early in the year, it's hard to gauge teams. So we we had a bunch of guys who never even got into preseason. And now they're getting healthy and they're starting to practice and we're coming together. So, But, you know, I'd be a liar if I said I saw that coming on Tuesday at Amherst because it wasn't just a win, it was the way we played. We really played a, a really excellent basketball game.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's and that's the key. And Amherst, as you pointed out to me before we went on the air, certainly has a lot of talent. And Dave Hickson always has. Certainly a, a team that's going to compete and always be in the conversation for a trip to Salem. Um, and they've got a young team that certainly he reloads better than anybody. It's more like retooling or just kind of rebuilding, uh, not from the ground up, but just filling in holes. What was the strategy going in? Did you guys find something on tape that you went, you know, we can take advantage of this? Or was it one of those deals where it just started going your way early in the game and you were able to ride it all the way to the end? No, you know, um, I mean,
9: relatively speaking, we've had some success against Amherst. Uh, over the last 10 years, um, and you know, it's it, it kind of varying styles of play, you know, they, they like to play, you know, kind of get back in by the three-point line and play some really solid man-to-man, and they use their length and their their size advantage really well, and they try to shorten the court. And we like to kind of extend and, and ball pressure and, and get after people a little bit, so it's kind of contrasting styles. I just think uh, we kind of hung in there early, you know, and, and then uh, it came time to sub and we had some guys come in and really shoot the ball well off the bench. And all of a sudden it became a close game. Um, and surprisingly, because we've been in so many close games, I think our guys are starting to settle in and, you know, they're they're feeling more and more comfortable with that. Um, so, you know, it, it, it just got to the point where it was a game of runs Uh, and it never really got away from either of us. Uh, We made a little run at the end of the first half to go up six or seven. They made a run to get it even again in the second half, and then all of a sudden we just, you know, we seemed to really kind of dig in and we kind of took over the will of the game and turned it into our kind of a game Um, and spread them out a little bit and started getting to the basket. and uh, For the first time all year, really showed some patience on offense, not panicking. We we took a lot of really good shots, uh, you know, and then we had a couple of bounces go our way. You ha- you know, you have to have a few of those. We had a few go against us early in the year, so it kind of evens it all up. But, uh, I, you know, certainly we played an exceptionally good game, uh, and much more than I had expected this soon.
0: When you mentioned uh, close games, uh, one of your game's uh, losses this year to Salem State was by eight, but every other loss is within two or four points. Uh, your win over uh, Framingham State was a 12-point victory. Of course, uh, your your win over Tufts was two points. Your win over Amherst now 20. So you're right. Certainly a lot of games that are close for most of that. Uh, the big key here is you won at their place. I know you you love playing at home, but LaFrac has certainly been um, Amherst's um, you know favorite tool, as it were, in in the in the in the coaching realms certainly the women have taken advantage of that with 102 straight wins but the, the men have been tough to beat there as well is it maybe because you've played them so often that there's a familiarity there that kind of removes the aura of Lafrac
9: i would say yes except the nobody on our team had played there before we only had well we had two guys who had played there before cuz everybody else is freshman and sophomore so all of our sophomores played only at home last year so you know uh I, I think really it just has to do. We, we've we've only played two home games. Uh-huh. We've been on the road. We have a terrible non-league schedule this year in regards to home <laughs> away, <laughs> and uh, it's just kind of the way it, it fell. So um, you know we had to embrace it, uh, and and you know uh, there wasn't a particularly large crowd there, uh, so that was a non-factor. Huh. Um, the fact that we had been on the road so much that was a non-factor. Um, it kind of evened it up. Um, But, you know, we did talk, we, we talked about having gone out there in the past and won some games. And, um, uh, you know, as recently as 2009, um, uh, I mean, 2008, eight, nine season. Um, And, and so, you know, two of the guys on my staff, Joe Coppins and Terrell Hollins, both former all Americans, D three hoop guys, uh, they had success there. So I, you know, Having those guys back as assistant coaches and being able to talk to the players and kind of relate their own experiences certainly helps us. So, uh, but you know, ultimately, you've still got to go out there and face them. <laughs> and all good teams are going to be good teams at home. So we knew going in it was going to be a really, really good challenge.
0: Let's uh, shift gears and talk about the team. Uh, I'm blown away when I look at the stat sheet. You've got eight guys. By the way, nobody in double figures. But you've got eight guys contributing six or more points a game. You're um, you know, two at nine points a game plus, eight points a game plus for two more, seven games a point plus for two more, six for two more. I mean, it's it's rather nicely evened out. Um, and you're led by uh, Robinson-Villmont at 9.6 and Jordan Cooper uh, at 9.2. A sophomore and a freshman. You then have another freshman in Carlin Heyman, another sophomore in, Joe, in John Powell, another freshman and Samuel Dowden, another sophomore in Tim Reel. It takes me until I get to Colby Smith at averaging six point four points a game before I get to let's call it an upperclassman in a junior. You talk about the youth on Amherst team; you've got a ton of youth on your team, and the roster is even deeper in that youth.
9: We do. You know, we're very young. Um, uh, Robinson. See, Robinson. He didn't come back. His first game was against Framingham, Uh, and that was a little bit of our problem early in the season. And because uh, he played a lot of minutes as a freshman last year. Yeah. Uh, started a lot of games for us. So he he got a deep thigh uh, contusion mm-hmm. and was held out until framing him. So, you know, he's really just starting. I mean, not just playing games, but even the practice time that he's missed. Colby Smith, our, our true upperclassman as a junior, uh, who's been a two-year starter. Uh, we really thought he'd kind of hold us together at the beginning. He had mono. So he didn't get cleared to come back and practice until the day before opening night. So uh, Jordan Cooper missed all of preseason. Uh, it's, it's been a nightmare. Not only are we young, but then we had so many of these young guys missing uh, preseason that the continuity thing was a real issue for us. But, the, you know, we feel like we've got a lot of talented players, and now it's just a matter of spending some time together practicing. So, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, geez, what a bad time for the break to come you know with all the momentum you had going but you know it's also nice to be able to step back take a deep breath get all these guys on the practice court and really start working them all in together and getting to know each other a little bit better so um yeah we're we're, we're young we're we're happy to be young we're happy with the guys that we have and we're kind of looking forward to enjoying uh, the next few years
0: uh, and something completely random i'm just kind of curious don't usually talk recruiting on the show but I look at the roster, and it is absolutely full of prep school students. Uh, and, and as a graduate of a prep school in New England, I certainly know there's a lot to choose from. And knowing the UAA, knowing Brandeis, this seems like it's a, it's a good avenue for you guys uh, to tap into some what is a lot of talent. But, I mean, I'm looking at Deerfield and, and Phillips Andover, um, uh, St. Andrew's School in, in, in Rhode Island, which I certainly know well, Suffield Academy, is that kind of where you guys do get a lot of traction and and this is going to sound a little strange, but have you maybe also missed out on some of the talent that I know is coming through those schools? Granted, some of that talent is also looking at D1, I realize as well.
9: Well, for us, uh, it really has a lot more to do with academics than anything else. Uh, kids coming out of those schools are really extremely well prepared academically. Uh-huh. Uh, to deal with the rigors of a Brandeis yeah. uh, education. So that really, you know, that, that, that kind of points us in their direction. Um, also, you know, Brandeis is a school that really wants to appeal uh, across the country. And we want to be able to recruit kids uh, from all over. Uh, one of the ways we can do that and feel comfortable about getting to know the kids we're recruiting is to kind of get them in our own backyard, even though they may be from other parts, sure. you know, from uh, the West Coast or from Florida, Texas, all those types of areas. So so that helps us a little bit. So it's kind of a win-win for us. Our admissions people appreciate it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it's good for our school demographics.
0: Let's talk about the conference real quick. Uh, Chicago picked to be on top. Uh, they're sitting at 5-3 and three after uh, a, certainly a challenging start to the season in their non-conference Emery's off to seven and one. Case Western Reserve off to six and one. Carnegie Mellon seven and zero. Oh. Wash U nine and zero, oh, uh, with a big game coming up this weekend against Illinois Wesleyan. How's this conference going to shape up? Do you think is this going to be a dogfight to the end? Is someone capable of walk running away maybe with the conference? Are you guys going to be battling out maybe for some extra bids again? You know, heading into Christmas with the win over Amherst,
9: I was feeling pretty good until you just started pointing out who I have ahead of me. So I really appreciate that, Dave. Um, you know, uh, I think it's going to be a battle to the end. Uh, I don't think we're the only young young program in, uh, in the UAA right now. I think, uh, you know, Wash U lost quite a few guys last year, some really high-level guys. Um, but as always, Mark's got some kids waiting there for their turn. Um, Chicago's certainly been building over the past few years, and Mike's done a great job of putting together a really nice team. Emory, you know, Jason's done a great job down at Emory. I mean, they've, you know, he's taken them from the bottom of the league, and, yeah. and they're now perennially at the top. Um, Case Western, same thing. I mean, it, it's a dogfight every year. I mean, you know, last year it was like everybody was fighting to be in the middle there, and um, Wash U was clearly the best team in the league and, and really earned earned it going through. But, um, you know, I, am still looking at NYU saying, you know, that, that that's pretty much the same team they had last year intact and they've struggled a little bit, but I'm not, I'm not counting them out either. So I think it's going to go top to bottom. I think, you know, in our league over the past young teams struggle, cause you go on the road, you have to deal with some adversity and, um, you know, you're playing in different regions of the country. Maybe the games are called a little di- differently. And so it makes it a little bit harder for young teams to maintain composure. So I I, I always go towards the teams that have the juniors and the seniors. And I think that it'll play out that way. I think, I don't think that means that teams aren't going to be able to knock each other off. But I think when the dust settles, you're going to have a really strong, upper-class, laden team who's uh, probably going to come out on top.
0: You point out that the uh, you guys hit your break here. Amherst 12, uh, was your last game of this semester, per se, 2014. You're off until January 2nd when you'll take on Roger Williams, then January 3rd against Curry. Those games on the road as well. There's that scheduling you were talking about. <laughs> Bates then on the road as well on January 6th before you finally get your home game going. Uh, with a conference game against NYU. How do you keep the team sharp here in the three some odd weeks that they're going to have off before they get really right back into the th- uh, thick of things on the road with uh, three at least decent battles in a five-day stretch? Yeah, you know,
9: it, it, there's no real easy way to do it. It's Everybody deals with the same problem. Uh, you know, we're already into exams um, as of today, so – Uh, we can't do anything during exams our guys will come in we have like I said I really like my group part of the reason I really like them is because they they love playing so they're in here anyways on their own getting shots up and lifting and doing all the things that coaches want guys to do Uh, but it doesn't always happen Mm -hmm. so I feel a little bit better this year knowing that we have a group that really likes coming into the gym Um, you know and then there's also the fact that we want them to go home too it's their only chance to get a break so when their exams end, we don't hold them back. As soon as they, each kid has their last exam, uh, they'll get out of here. So, you know, we're essentially, we're done. We'll come back on the 27th of uh, December. And then we really have to get to work. So, you know, we, we, we've we told the kids what we expect of them while they're away. And as long as they can stay in shape and keep their wind going, uh, you know, get some shots up, we can put it back together pretty quickly. I mean, it's just it's that's just the way it is in D3. You have that big, awkward break. It's almost like starting over again. Yeah. But uh, but again, like I said, sometimes it's it's a good break. Sometimes it gives them a chance to kind of slow down and really think about what we're trying to do and where they're struggling. And sometimes with that that, you know, they kind of catch their breath and come back and things seem a lot easier and more understandable. So. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for. So let's hope that's that's the way it plays out. Well,
0: Coach, I appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, to, to paraphrase Adam, thanks for the pearls of wisdom. Uh, <laughs> but a little bit more a pearl of wisdom. I wouldn't mind if you want to send me the scouting report you had on Amherst to win because my alma mater takes them on on January 3rd down here in Baltimore. And I wouldn't mind seeing that victory. I'm a little shameless I'll admit um but uh, I don't
9: know you mean more to me if we're the only team that
0: beats that's true yeah you probably (laughs) don't want you want that glory don't you yeah Uh, that doesn't surprise me hey thanks so much I really do appreciate you coming on as always we give the coach the final word any final thoughts you want to share with those who are tuning in
9: like I always say David I just appreciate all you do for d3 and basketball and the great coverage and it's really helped the sport and at our level for sure and I hope a lot of people take the time to thank you because I know
0: I do. Yes, you do, and I do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. Good luck on the uh, new year with that run, and uh, good luck in the UAA conference as well, and congrats on the win against Amherst. Thanks, David. Well, Thanks to Coach Meehan for joining us. We certainly appreciate it. When we come back, we'll shift gears, talk women's basketball with another team on the East Coast that is making headlines It's the Salisbury Women. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. More Hoopsville right after this.
1: I used to never really talk. Ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless.
0: And welcome back to Hoopsville on this Thursday evening, December 11th. Thank you for joining us. Certainly appreciate you taking the time. If you want to interact with us, don't forget on Twitter at D3Hoopsville. Use the hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. Talking to a lot of teams, uh, getting attention this time of year. Maybe when we're not used to hearing from them. Or it's been a long time. And certainly... That is true for the Salisbury women, ranked number 23 in the D3Hoops.com most recent poll. And joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline uh, for the Mid-Atlantic region is Kelly Lewandowski, the head coach for Salisbury. Coach, thanks for joining me. Appreciate it.
10: Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on.
0: Well, it's you're in your fourth season and already uh, certainly a success, uh, your first season um 15 and 12 then or I should say 15 and 11 then 15 and 12 18 and 9 last year finally made a splash in the CAC I think everybody was looking forward to and now you're off to a 7 and 0 start 2 and 0 in the in the CAC the, the, I'm sure there's got to be a buzz on campus right now
10: Yeah I mean it's it's definitely very exciting um you know we have a huge senior class uh with six seniors so I think uh... that causes a buzz right there um, athletics is highly supported here at salisbury um, as, i don't know if you know but many yeah. of the other sports are very successful so it's exciting to finally get that excitement around basketball
0: oh, certainly uh... football and lacrosse and certainly others field hockeys and and the like mm-hmm. salisbury has a, a a great winning tradition and the basketball programs were certainly a part of that a little bit removed both programs from the the heyday as right. it were but we've seen signs that they're kind of coming back into the fold, as it were. This 7-0 and start certainly is a huge sign of that. And a big win over Catholic, though, certainly not as strong as they have in the past, a win over Virginia Wesleyan, a win over Stevenson. You, you've got some solid uh, games so far under your belt as, as we look towards the close of the 2014 part of the schedule.
10: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we always like the schedule that way. We have, you know, uh, a home away contest set up with all three of those schools every year um, because our conference is so competitive. We think that it's really important that our preseason uh, schedule is the same. So when we get into the CAC bulk schedule that we're, we're prepared and we're ready to go.
0: And This is a CAC, of course, over the years has gotten pretty competitive, always has been, York uh, down this year due to a loss of, uh, of a lot of talent, but still in play. Christopher Newport, of course, is always a team to be fearful of. Marymount has resurged. Mary Washington has always gotten a lot of headlines over the years. They're all still in the mix as well. Uh, this is a, a tough conference, uh, certainly in the years past and as you've now emerged in the, at the top of the conference as well.
10: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's really exciting to play in this conference and to go against some of the regional top teams and sometimes, you know, nationally top teams. So um, it's really exciting. We talk about with our team all the time that every game is going to be a game. There's not going to be many blowouts. So it's, it's, it's good to get prepared every single day and every single uh, game to be ready to have a fight.
0: When you look at this team, you mentioned the six seniors, certainly a lot of not pressure per se, but expectations certainly on their shoulders after a few successful years so far, and now off to this start. What's the message in the locker room? How do you keep this team kind of focused on the task at hand and 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 not focus on the number twenty three or the number twenty one or the seven and zero start?
10: You know, our, our seniors. We talked a lot, a lot with them. Um, they're really grounded. You know, what you mean. I think that. They've been a big part in how our program has progressed over the last couple of years, and they have some really um, high goals for the season, and they're focused. You know, they're not getting caught up in the rankings, although they think it's exciting. You know, they're trying to act like, you know, we deserve to be here, and and that's the attitude that we're going with every single day at practice, that we got to continue to prove ourselves. Um, You know, they know how tough our conference is, and they know, you know, the CNUs and the Yorks and and the Mary Washingtons and Marymounts are going to come ready to play, so they know that we have to work every day to get better, and I think having a taste of it last year and coming up a little short has left them very hungry, Um, so they are very determined, and and they're Really holding, you know, the rest of the team accountable, and really expecting the best every day. Not, you know, even in certain games, maybe we didn't play our best, but we got to win. You know, the whole mentality of the team was that's not good enough. We need to to do our best every day and not just get the win.
0: Of course, you're led by two juggernauts at this point. Anna Hackett, probably no surprise to anybody, the post player averaging 20 points a game. Of course, um, she, her presence is certainly known. Um I should say point guard mm-hmm. uh, pretty known uh, at 5 foot 4 it, she's maybe hard to miss on the floor but when she's putting up 20 points a game she's going to attract a lot of attention that's an interesting position for a guard to be putting up that many points especially running the offense
10: Yeah um you know Anna was a freshman my first year here um so she's been with me from the very beginning um and she was thrown into it right away playing 40 minutes as a freshman so it's been really exciting to see how she's developed over the last four years. Not only, you know, as a basketball player, but as a leader on this team. Um, you know, it is hard to believe that she's only like five because <laughs> she plays a <laughs> lot bigger, and I don't think you would notice uh, that she's that small when she's out on the floor. But um, she's extremely talented, especially on the offensive end. I mean, she has range. She has great handle. She has, you know, a, a great basketball knowledge. So, um, you know, I think. I think she's she's extremely talented, and you know she maybe hasn't gotten the attention that she deserved, uh, you know regionally, just because our team hasn't been as successful. But she she's the real deal.
0: Of course, Sarah Seep. I hope I say her last Seip. name. Sipe. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, is also contributing in the guard position, fifteen and a half points a game. Um, certainly doesn't take away from anybody else you have a whole cacophony of players behind them who are at least contributing four five six seven, eight points a game. Um, but Sarah and, and Anna certainly are the the two catalysts at the guard position but that's kind of interesting because you're, you're not getting a huge amount of contributions on the inside at least in points
10: right yeah I mean they're a great duo and they really feed off each other and um, they really help each other out. Um, and they're they're extremely different. Uh, Anna's very more composed and reserved, and Sarah definitely plays on the edge and takes more risks and I think they they help each other out that way and it, they're hard duo to guard for other people and um, you know and I think our bench has gotten deeper, so it's helped to open them up even more because people do have to worry about some of the other players on our team.
0: Yeah Julia McLaughlin, your junior forward, Katie mm-hmm. uh, alboros your junior forward, Melanie uh, Mosnick, mm-hmm, yeah. uh, your senior forward, certainly those are your three forwards who are contributing and, and, and 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 well, I mean, five, six, seven, eight points as we mentioned, uh, a game for those two. Um, of course, we should mention Anna and Sarah also handing out, um, you know, about three assists a game right. on average for those two.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: When when you look at your dynamic, does this mean you guys are kind of an up tempo type of team? For those who may not have seen you, who play it through the guard position, or are you willing to sit up on the on the half court and just try and ball movement it around to get those two open?
10: Um. We we are fast. I think you know uh, we're fairly athletic, so we like to push the ball. We we like to run, um, you know, and and same with our our our, our posts. They're not huge posts. We're, we're not huge by any means. So they like to get up and run, and they're running the floor too. So um, so yeah, we, we get they get a lot off of that. Um, but we do have some sets. You know, we slow it down when we don't have these fast break options, and you know. They, they it's hard to guard those two both in the half-court sets. Um, you know, Anna has the ability to beat people off the dribble. So if you worry about her, she's then hitting the next open person.
0: Your coaching pedigree certainly uh, has a lot of good stops on the way, or just quick stops at least. Gettysburg <laughs> for three years an assistant. Of course, you were from Scranton, uh, yeah. University of. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly a lot of pedigree there as well. What are you able to take from your experience with Coach Strong at Scranton, your experience at Gettysburg that you're bringing to the table here at Salisbury that seems to be certainly helping to turn the table, as it were?
10: Um, oh, my, I've learned so much from both of them. Um, I mean, playing for Coach Strong and, uh, and and working with him for a year, I mean, I, he he was the best. I mean, he's the all-time leading scorer in the division er, – leading winner in Division Three right now. So, um, you know, the thing, the biggest thing Coach taught me, and it wasn't even X's and O's, I mean, he used to always say, you need great talent. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it a lot easier when you got some good players. Sure. So I'm, I'm lucky that way. Um, but he taught me more. I mean, it's, it's the relationships and it's, it's caring for your players and, you know, and, and developing that culture. And that's something that I think I've really, we've really tried to do here at Salisbury. And, um, you know, it took some time, but I think, you know, like those girls that are seniors now, really knowing what we expect has really set the tone. Um, And then being at Gettysburg and having, being in a different department, I mean, the athletic department there has run greatly. And, you know, I've learned a lot from Coach K. He was, he's been in it for a long time too. And they're undefeated right now. Um, So, you know, I've just been really lucky to, just go into practice every day and get new drills and plays and stuff like that from two two of the best.
0: You know, this is a, a program that you know even late you know, most of the nineties into the early two thousands was a juggernaut in the mid Atlantic region, mm-hmm. um, and of course in a tough CAC at the time Catholic was there. Goucher had happened to be really good back then and yeah. hasn't been since. But you had Marymount. I mean, obviously was at the top of the uh, of the pack. Yeah, you, Salisbury fell back to a point where. I don't want to say they got forgotten but got left behind by everybody else.
10: Mm-hmm. Has
0: it been difficult to rebuild, especially in the recruiting, going, Hey, you gotta to come to the Eastern Shore. This is this is, you know, where we wanna kinda of rebuild its heyday.
10: Yeah, I mean I think it was challenging in the beginning, but um but now, you know, once you get the word out and, and you, you bring people to campus, we're really lucky. I mean it's it's a great place. I always joke, I don't know why I didn't look south at all <laughs> because <laughs> it is it is a great place to live and you know not far from the beach and, mm-hmm. and you know that like i said the athletic department here if you want to play a sport i mean it, it's one of the top in division three so um it, it, you know in any any coach taking over a new program there's always going to be those growing pains but um you know i'm excited about what we've done and and the future of our program here
0: coach strong is happy you didn't look any further south just for yeah. the record <laughs> um, um, some
10: days he he might have been something true. like that. <laughs>
0: yeah, true. Fair point. Um, again, back to the CAC in the Mid Atlantic region. Again, it's gonna you know it's a it's a dogfight of the conference. Again, you've got Marymount who's already off to a six and one three zero start. Christopher yeah. Newport's off to a good start. You've got them coming up on the schedule. Mary Washington looks like they're at least off to a decent start um and of course you can't count out york who, right. who may not be off to a good start but once you know she gets her team rolling along uh they can be just as dangerous you've got christopher newport coming up on the 17th you then play you take your holiday off and then you play illinois wesleyan on the 28th in new jersey yeah you talk about not shying away from your schedule you said you've got some good games coming up just in this month
10: yeah, it's it's going to be a, a tough three game stretch um coming up, you know. Obviously right now we're just focused on Christopher Newport, um playing them on Wednesday. I mean, they'll do such a great job down there. Mm-hmm. Um they're a real tough team. They're the only team that in the conference last year we weren't able to beat. So, um you know, we're excited and 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 we get to play them at home, so it's going to be a good test to see where we really are at. And then, you know, we like to play a really tough Christmas tournament to get us prepared for when we come back. So, going up to Montclair's tournament and playing against Illinois Wesleyan. We had opportunity to play them last year. You know, we're, we're excited.
0: And in this conference, how do you see it shaping up? Is this going to be a dogfight to the end?
10: I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think it always is. I mean, I think a team to the is is doing well in our contract now. is going to be Wesley. Yeah. Wesley's really surprising people. They're a super athletic team. Um, you know, they they beat York and 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 they're coming along. They were young last year, and like you said, York's. I'm sure Betsy's going to get her team together. She does a great job. So it's it is a dogfight all all the way to the end. Even last year with two teams being ranked, mm-hmm. I think there was a number of teams that could have won it at the end, and and that's why I think that makes our conference so special is how competitive it is
0: and i don't know how much you're looking at it already but kind of the new fangled uh mid-atlantic the cac now all together in one side of the region the landmark all together in one side of the region um instead of being split with the atlantic have you thought about the ramifications of that and how much that may make it even more difficult uh come the end of the season should you not win an aq in this conference
10: yeah, um, I mean, I have. I think you know we had some good teams in our conference last year when we were at the Atlantic too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had the Montclairs and the Catholics yep. and and everything. So, but now you know we're thrown with FDU and Scranton and and those teams. Um, you know, so I think no matter where we are, it's, it's going to be a fight. And um, you know, I think we just got to prove ourselves. And if we deserve to be there, we'll we'll be there.
0: Coach, to make you feel better, FDU went over to the Atlantic. So you don't oh, have great. to worry thank about you. Scranton. <laughs> Scranton, Catholic, <laughs> so just, Moravian, those are the ones you gotta well, worry thank about. Yeah, there. <laughs> just try to help. Of course there's Christopher Newport yeah, and, and, well, and, yeah. and the rest. Everybody uh, else in our conference. Exactly. Now you gotta deal with the entire conference. Good. Um, well coach, I appreciate you coming on the show. Certainly great to see the Seagulls back up and running uh, in basketball. I certainly remember back in the day when uh, you 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 feared Goals. Um, excuse me, see the Seagulls coming into your stu- into your campus. But um, congratulations. Uh, microphone fail. Uh, con- congratulations on the start of the season, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing how you guys do the rest of the way. As always, though, we leave the uh, final word to the coach. Any final words you want to share with those who may be tuning in?
10: Uh, I just want to say, I guess, um, you know, I'm really proud of my team right now. Um, they've been working really hard, and, you know, the success they're getting right now, they've definitely earned it. So, um, you know, we're just happy, and we hope to keep it going, and we thank everyone that's been supporting us along the way.
0: Very good. Kelly Lewandowski joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline. Coach, appreciate you taking the time to join us. Coming up, we're going to go shift gears from the East Coast to the Midwest. We're going to talk to the WashU women's basketball coach Nancy Fay. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com, the National Association of Basketball Coaches. Back with more Hoopsville right after
4: this.
3: Division Three allows you to be able to give yourself to other things. Not even just participate in them, but really get involved with them if you want to.
4: There's a lot of interaction. Um, it's not just sitting back, taking notes. You're actually doing hands-on things and better preparing yourself for your major. Choosing
5: a Division Three school, I've had the opportunity to develop my leadership skills and to be more involved on campus.
6: Division Three in athletics you know, affords students the opportunity not only to participate in uh, intercollegiate athletics at a competitive level, but also gives them the opportunity to, you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport and outside of the academics on the campus. And to have opportunity to have time to join clubs and being able to play basketball it allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. God, I wouldn't change it for the world.
0: And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. You can join us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Of course, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville, all at the bottom of the screen. Keeping up our topic of women's basketball, jumping from number 23 in the D3Hoops.com top 25 to number five and probably one of the more consistent programs in all of college basketball at the Division three level, and maybe period across all divisions in the last few decades. And WashU's women's basketball coach, Nancy Fay, joins me on the Hoopsville Hotline. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville once again.
11: Thanks, Dave. I'm excited to be on.
0: Absolutely. Appreciate you taking the time to, to do so. Um, first and foremost, congratulations on a terrific start to the season. Of course, being ranked top five, not that surprising. But from your point of view, how has the season started?
11: I mean, obviously we're happy. Um, I, I think we're just focusing in, like I think most play, teams at this time of year, uh, you start out, you do a lot of practicing, and you just focus on getting better, um, whether it's each practice or each game, and I think that's uh, worked well for us so far.
0: 7-0 and start to the season, wins over Lake Forest, Rose-Holman, Southwestern, Illinois College, and Illinois Wesleyan in a dominating fashion, I should point out. Um, win over Loris and win over Webster as well, got Milliken coming up here in two days on the schedule let me just focus on the illinois wesleyan game if you don't mind certainly illinois wesleyan um doesn't have the talent it had years ago when competing for national championships, but I think a lot of people would still expect that to be a little bit more of a competitive game. 82-59 probably tells us a different story. Of course, you guys played it. What was that game like?
11: Well, I think that's why you don't look at the the scores at the end. We were down by four at halftime. Um, You know, the one thing, the longer I've coached, I think you you respect programs and what coaches have done. Um, And so, you know, I think regardless, uh, Maya does a great job At Illinois Wesleyan, their style of play is very disruptive. Uh, She got a really nice young team, a couple of uh, freshmen that gave us fits. So it was really um, not really indicative of how that game went. We were down, um, and we had to do play a much better second half um, to give my kids credit. But it was a very competitive game
0: um certainly you guys like to test yourselves there because obviously you have conference um challenges i noticed a little difference in the schedule this year and granted a lot of stuff had changed in women's basketball but you look at the out of conference and anybody who doesn't know it well i don't see anybody jumping out at me that is hugely challenging was that just and again it's it's on paper i'm not talking about in reality here um, but is that just kind of the way its schedule kind of came together this year? You got Milliken, Fontbonne, and Illinois or Iowa Wesleyan uh, on the schedule ahead of you before you get into conference play. Was it just kind of just the way it fell apart, fell into place this year?
11: Well, sometimes depending upon where you are in the in your region, and yeah. we're not located what you would say where there's a lot of Division three schools, Correct. Um, and so uh two things have to happen people want you know you have to work out people playing you and you playing them and uh, our area being the probably southernmost part of the central region um you can't take your kids and travel them all over the you know especially yeah. right now we're in finals so uh, it's important that we keep our kids uh, academically close to home and the websters in town Font in town uh, it just it's what you have to yeah. do if you live in the chicago area there's a uh, you know you have options all over the place to play a lot of good quality in wisconsin um yeah. and i think um you know that's one of the things you have to understand when you're making schedules. You know, division three's academic and you have to make sure you take care of your students um first. Uh, you know, the Midwest challenge with Illinois Wesleyan and I Illinois College and DePaw, um, you know, Illinois Wesleyan beat a very good DePaw team mm-hmm. um for us to get to them. And, you know, Loris was a tournament team and a really good tournament team and then we look at uh Millican who's six and one coming up and also in that Warburg tournament, who I believe is undefeated also. Um, so, I mean, when, you, when you're you scheduling a year out, you 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 do what you can, but you also have to be sensitive yeah. to your academic situation, too.
0: Oh, sure, absolutely. And that's why I say on paper sometimes it doesn't hold out. And you never know by the end of the season one of these teams that you beat may turn into a juggernaut, uh, and on paper flips it all over again as well. But yeah, obviously heading into Iowa, that um, not a place I've seen you guys play a lot um you you're also branching out and playing new teams in in some senses
11: well you 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 know you try to it's it's just you know you want to make sure you get your percentages down for the NCA play um and so i mean uh you know there's there's every year changes in um whether it's your your tournament that you bring people in uh, i mean what's what's also happening is a lot of conferences are going to mega conferences where they're yeah. already playing competition in december and we are not so it really narrows who you can actually play at that time because you know next year it's i think it's iowa and us that are the only teams not playing at the iowa conference so it's it's moving to getting tougher and tougher to try to you know if you're not playing uh you know we only play 14 games in the uaa so it, it becomes more challenging
0: oh absolutely yeah especially without the conference tournament you guys are filling in more holes than most conference teams certainly have to. Um, let's talk about this team leading the way is Melissa Gilkey. She's one of, uh, what, six or seven seniors on this squad, uh, leading the team at 19 points a game. Um, certainly things go through her. She's a pretty darn good talent, to say the least. Uh, tell us a little bit about her and why this six-one senior is, 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 is having such a dominating start to the year.
11: Well, I think there's players in your career as coaches that are they're special because when they come in, you already know they're, they have the skill set. They work at it, um, and then there's ones that just keep getting better and aren't satisfied. And hmm. uh, Melissa is one of those players. She, you know, she came in. Uh, that, that senior group as a whole came in and put a lot of minutes in when they were young. Um, when they were freshmen, they won some ball games for us. I don't think we thought we were going to win, but they didn't know any better, and they've just been building on that for the last four years. With Melissa, for instance, you, you know, didn't have a three-point game and decided between her junior, sophomore, and junior year that she was going to become a three-point shooter, um, and and th- that kind of you know drive and intensity, um, you know. That's not coach, that's just something that Melissa and we got fortunate to um, see grow over the last four years, and that's the special player we have there. Um, but you know I think she's getting a lot of attention and she understands that and I think her ability to understand when doubles are coming um, and we need you know you can't you can't win with one kid and um, I think we're doing a good job of countering that right now.
0: Yeah and of course you do have other players who are contributing shouldn't take anything away but seniors Maddie Shepers and and, uh, and Alyssa Johanson um, certainly contributing as well part of that senior class you talk about um, you have a lot of depth, but you are very senior loaded. does this feel like a year? you maybe want to try and take advantage of or have to take advantage of
11: i'm not i'm not sure if i understand take advantage of <laughs> take advantage
0: of well the fact you got this much senior experience this much um playing experience not just that they happen to rise into seniors but they playing a lot do you feel like you got to take it you want to take advantage of this get maybe back into the final four scenarios get get a champion i mean is this feel like that kind of year
11: I, well you know I I I guess every year I mean I, I and and we don't wash you with a lot of other schools I hope that we start out the year thinking that's a possibility regardless. Sure. Um, you know, you know, special years and when you have a senior loaded group, you know, that's obviously I know they're driven uh to try to return, but I, if I talked about last year's team and the year before, they'd feel the same way. Um, you know, I I think when when we start, you know, we we got three or four games left before conference, there's so much season left and Um, you know, as as you take step by step, you know, uh, I I'm, I'm sure with teams that have been able to get to a final four they understand what that is to you know have that special season or that special group sometimes it's seniors sometimes it's a mix um, I don't think there's any equation to it but uh, I do know when you have this many seniors that they're you know they play with and abandon that they go hey this is it so uh, we're gonna ride that wave but it's way too early we're just you know we got Miller next and that's how we're looking at it
0: yeah sure um... You guys were so dominating for so long as a program. A lot has changed in women's basketball. I don't think it's as has as much parity as it does on the men's side, but it certainly has a lot more parity than it did five, ten years ago. It is tougher to win national championships now. From your vantage point, what has been the biggest change?
11: More little girls are playing basketball, Mm. and. When more little girls are playing basketball, there's more talent out there. There's more opportunity for them to play at so many different places, and it's healthy. It's healthy in so many ways, uh, you know. Um, and I think that's just the it's it's taken time. It's here. It's only going to get better. And um, uh, I think that's a really good good thing for for our game.
0: Um, just because it it sounds like something would be fun to say. Are you itching to get a national championship? You haven't won one since 2010. <laughs>
11: You know, this isn't, this isn't about me. Um, <laughs> it, this is about kids that haven't won a national championship yeah. or haven't been to a final four, um, haven't experienced that. The one thing I hope to offer them is, you know, hopefully, um, what we can do to get back there. And so for, for me, every year, it's, it's, that's what we want to do. Um, but because it's, it's for them. And that's why we all coach and to hopefully give them that opportunity. So, um, that's what I love about coaching. It, it's not what happened, you know, 10, 15 years ago. It's, it's
0: right now you've won more than 670 games at a clip of 85 percent winning percentage 20 ncaa or uh, uaa championships i don't want to say this the, the way it's going to sound it doesn't get old but does it does it do you ever find something new does is there ever something every year that just still surprises you still catches you off guard
11: well, I think that's what's the exciting thing about coaching. It's, you know, every year there's a different makeup of a team. Even with these four, five, these six seniors we've had in the program, they're different people than they were than freshmen. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're now leaders and watching them grow and develop. And every year you bring another group in. And so, um, and I think the game itself, I mean, from times you're running the flex to now the dribble drive to, you know, all these mm-hmm. different, I mean, it's an education, you know, to keep up with what's going on. Um, but I think it's more the people that make it, you know, every, every year exciting and and not old. I think if it was, you know, the same situation, same office job, same thing I was doing, you know, you're right. But. How can it get old with 18- to 22-year-olds? I, I just don't think it's possible.
0: Uh, coach Strong at Scranton finally retired, and I say that only because <laughs> a lot of people didn't know how long he would coach. Have it? Has it dawned on you or, or made you think, hey, now I can finally maybe catch him from the most wins in this division?
11: <laughs> you know, I people will ask me and, and and this is not so i just don't pay i you know i i appreciate all the wins i appreciate all the kids sure. that have played but i i just don't watch those numbers um i don't read the paper i don't read i just you know it's that's what i love about uh, where i am at and what i do here it's it's just the day to day and i i um haven't you know he he's had an incredible career and mm. uh, i i have known known him and i i'm so happy for him but what a great job he's done
0: If you'd like, I'd be more than happy to pass on information to Chris Mitchell to pass on to you every week just to remind (laughs) you. I mean, be happy. Make it a little um, fun for you. Well, I, I,
11: I got enough. Of, I'm, I'm sitting here breaking down film right now on Millican, so I think I'd be too busy regardless. Yeah, so.
0: I can understand that. Let me switch gears quickly to the UAA. Uh, you guys off to that seven and zero start. NYU's off to an eight and zero start. Certainly, they have come uh, had a number of good years. Rochester seems to be back, maybe in the mix with an eight and one start on the year. Carnegie Mellon is seven and one. Nobody's really off to a bad start. Chicago off to a tough one at two and four. How do you see this conference breaking down this year?
11: Well, I think it's going to be. I mean, it, every year you look. I mean, I think it's really a healthy conference. I mean, even with Chicago, their their strength of schedule has to be one of the tops in the country. Mm. So, you know, it's it, it's it's what it is. I mean, I think uh, we take a lot of pride in the coaches to, um, uh, you know, have a competitive conference, um, get people in the postseason that are deserving. And I mean, I've been kind. Of, you know, we we get all kind of cut up on our non conference. But as I as I, you know, you start peeking and you're like, whoa, you know, it's. It's pretty impressive the win loss percentage right now in on the women's side. So it's only gonna be a battle. I mean I I, I... Probably get my, you know, too angst if I start looking at how everybody's doing yet. <laughs> so, um, just you know, it's. Uh, but it, it, it's a. Uh, I have a great deal of respect for all the, the coaches in in the conference and how we do it. So, um, looking forward to the the UAA starting soon.
0: And obviously, get dabble uh, dabble back into the uh, CCIW with your game coming up on Saturday against Milliken, uh, as we mentioned, and then Fontbonne uh, to wrap up the pre-Christmas schedule before getting back into uh, into the, uh, into work, as it were on December 29th against Iowa Wesleyan out there in mm-hmm. Waverly, Ohio, in Iowa. Um, and then in conference play, and of course you start with Chicago. Uh, no surprise there, as it always it starts in that capacity on the road. Coach, uh-huh. appreciate you certainly taking the time to join us. Certainly love chatting WashU basketball. Quick question before I let you go. Have you introduced um, your, your brethren, Coach Edwards, to the word central region just yet? Is he still <laughs> figuring out he's in the Midwest or in the cent- <laughs> central?
11: Yeah. I, I- I have enough to keep track of who I'm supposed to play and where I'm at. He's better enough. I let him handle all that.
0: Yeah, but. he'll figure it out eventually. Yeah. Um, as always, we give the coach a final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who are tuning in?
11: Just a great deal of respect for all you guys do and uh, looking forward for a great uh, finish another season.
0: Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Coach. Good luck the rest of the way, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Nancy Faye joining us from WashU. Appreciate her taking the time. We'll be back with more Hoopsoul. Uh We'll talk to you. Uh, a team you may not have heard of very much. Uh, certainly making waves, though, on the East Coast in the Skyline Conference. We'll talk to Yeshiva coming up here on Hoops You'll listen to Hoops presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. More Hoops right after this.
8: College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum. It's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built.
6: I know sports is important, but having the academic part along with it is a big plus. I've discovered in myself you know, a newfound ability to overcome adversity at all different angles. At a Division III school, school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. The end result, in my mind, is you just become a very well-rounded person.
3: Before I came into college, I didn't really think I'd be able to balance so much. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you.
4: With D D3 school, there's a lot of time for other opportunities. The coaches expect a lot of you during soccer, but after soccer, that's your own personal time to really find out who you are and other opportunities that you can pursue.
5: By balancing all of my interests, basketball, my leadership skills, and academics, I'm able to better prioritize my life and to manage it.
0: And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying your December evening, December the 11th. If you've got questions for us or our guests, you can always tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com or Facebook us at facebook.com slash hoopsville. Time to chat with our final guest of the evening. And it's probably a school that hasn't really been talked about all that often in basketball. Certainly starting to change uh, the perception, though, I would say. And in especially in the skyline right now, I think everybody's looking at Yeshiva wondering uh, how dangerous exactly are the Maccabees. So we figured we better get them on the show now and talk to them after a big win over Purchase a couple nights ago. And a looming game against Purchase just a couple nights from now. And joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline now is Coach Elliot Steinmetz. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville, sir.
6: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. Appreciate you taking the time. Seven and three start on the season, five and one already in Skyline Conference play. You've got wins over Gallaudet and Hunter, CCNY, or I'm sorry, uh, St. Joseph's of Long Island. Uh, win over Old Westbury and Maritime and Purchase and Mount Saint Mary. You do have losses to Connecticut College, CCNY, and Sage. Mixed bag in there, but some impressive wins for a program that last year was seven and eighteen, year before that eleven and fifteen, year before that five and twenty. I mean, you guys are kind of kind of trying to retool what what you're all about.
6: Yeah, well, I think, you know, there's certainly been excitement about the new program, and uh, we were able to, uh, you know, really come in and, and get jump-started, and I think a lot of that certainly is uh, attributed to, you know, the newness um, and the excitement of having, having something new going on. Um, that said, we have, we have guys who are really buying in. They're working hard, and uh, they're showing up every day early to practice and staying late and shooting, and then they're seeing the results early, and I think that's, you know, building confidence, which has been, which has been certainly fun to watch.
0: Um, Your first-year head coach, we should point out, got hired back in April to take over this program. This is your alma mater, played three seasons of basketball for the Maccabees. What's it mean to, to take over your alma mater, to try and move it forward as a program?
1: Well,
6: it's an honor in a lot of ways. I mean, I was, I was lucky enough to play for Coach Jonathan Halbert, you know, about 99 to 2002, who, who was there for about 42 years before yeah. me, who's certainly a legendary name in, in New York basketball and, and somebody that I've always looked up to. Um, and, it's you know, he, he built this program from the ground up, and I, I'm just fortunate and, and honored and, and, uh, and, and in, in a way odd to have the opportunity to try to, you know, bring it forward
0: when you look at uh what you had ahead of you what was your simplistic goal for this season
6: you know it's uh it, it was probably just 500 and try to uh see what we can build and and you know see what we can bring in coming up next year you know we didn't have a lot of time obviously to really uh Uh, recruit and then retool this year and um we were were trying to bring in a little bit of a new system change things up and and play a different style and and kind of see if we could attract some you know some new talent to come in and and join us and uh you know certainly been a you know very good start Yeah, yeah it's
0: certainly a good start i mean when you're you're hired you don't get a huge chance to recruit you get a little bit of recruiting in there obviously yeshiva in general brings in its own style of players you're you're being a, a, a Jewish school, um, kind of like a uh, uh, Hope or Calvin or a Messiah, which has a specific demographic you're looking for. Some of the recruiting is both taken care of for you and out of your hands. Um, how is that? How does how do you how do you broach that? I mean, are you specifically looking for Jewish players to come in? Do you have the option to do more than that? Um, what is the what is your stick, as it were, for lack of a better description, to uh, to get recruits and help move this program forward?
6: Well, I think you know when when you have uh, when you have something like that where you're to you know to a certain extent restricted, like you said in your demographic, you can look at it obviously in two ways. You can look at it as a disadvantage or a benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I try to look at it as a benefit, and I look at it as we have a uh, a niche a niche world where we can really pull players from uh there's a there's an entire league of Jewish high schools in the metropolitan area uh-huh. there's an entire world of Jewish high schools uh, across the country, that I think are not really tapped into by a lot of schools, and maybe I'm shooting myself in the foot a little bit, opening up the world to them. But uh, <laughs> you know, the the, the, uh, the opportunities there to find certainly uh, Division three caliber players, and over the years there have been some Division two and Division one players coming out of those schools as well. Is is something that we really I think have a uh, have an advantage to get to, being that it's a, a you know a Jewish school.
0: Um, this team certainly has a lot of depth in sense of years. You only have one freshman on the squad, a number of solid- sophomores and juniors and a handful of seniors you're led this year already by uh uh, shelby rosenberg 18 and a half points a game benji ritholtz at 17.8 10 and a half from michael berg um you're getting already a lot of contributions in some big games for you guys from these players is this it almost feel like a shot in the arm for the program
6: uh yeah it does. I mean, you know, we're we're certainly getting out and running. We're 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 definitely putting up our share of shots and um you know, it's I, I, it's, it's funny you, know, you look you look at a game like uh last night, and, you know, we played last night and we put up uh, 78% field goal percentage in the mm. second half. It's just it's you know, make you, you look at the rest of the numbers and who's scoring, and it's, it's it almost just follows with. But we've been uh, we've been shooting at a high percentage, and you know probably won't last forever. But I think uh, first time around the league, we've kind of you know surprised a couple of teams, and you know certainly some some very good coaches in our league. And uh, second time around, I'm not really expecting it to be uh, you know as I wouldn't even call I wouldn't call it easy first time around, but I imagine it'll be even harder the second time around.
0: And obviously, with the holidays, you have to kind of put a lot of games early on in the season. But I find it interesting. You guys get a very good win on December 8th against SUNY Purchase, uh, a team that's certainly depleted with injuries. I've seen them twice, but they're dangerous at the same time. You then get to face off against them six days later. Granted, you got the win on the road. They got to come to your place. That's a little quirk in the schedule that not everybody would see in conference play. How do you kind of get used to the fact that you're seeing a team twice in a week?
6: Yeah, that's uh that's not easy. I mean, it's um, you know, obviously gives them certainly uh a, a quick turnaround, and they'll still have that taste in their mouth, which is not going to help us, you know. They're going to be in, that's an angry that's an angry group probably yeah. coming in on on Sunday and, you know, we it took us uh, playing a real real good game up there. That's a very talented and well-coached group, and it took us playing a really solid game up there to really come out of there, you know, with with the W. Um, and yeah, I mean, Sunday it'll be it'll be right back at it, and you know, if the game is, goes the same way, it can obviously uh fall out on either side in terms of the result but it was certainly a fun game to be a part of and uh, you know a little bit of back and forth at the end and you know it's uh, it's a good quality win certainly for for our program this year
0: and of course back that up with the win against Mount Saint Mary again you're going to take on uh purchase on Saturday when you look at this skyline conference I know you're kind of you're familiar with it, but you're new to it in the coaching realm of things. Mount St. Vincent's on top with Sage. Then you guys are sitting right there. Of course, you played most of the games because you're going to have a chunk of time up here where you can't play any games, so a lot of this can change. But to start 5-1, and one, to put yourselves in that spot for the first six games of the conference, that's got to be really reassuring when you look at the second half of the conference schedule.
6: Yeah, no, it's 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 a confidence builder, and I think it was important. You know, we came in with a uh, with a system in mind, and and you know, I, I brought in an assistant coach, uh, Yogi Verdugo from from Florida, who really is is one of the best I've seen in terms of skill development, and it's really allowed our guys to take a step forward in terms of their in terms of their skills and and their confidence, and and I think we're playing with a certain amount of confidence right now that. Hopefully, we'll carry through to the second half, and I think it's really been the the reason, you know, the the, the commitment that the guys have had, and, and the work ethic, and, and and the the ability for them to, to show up and, and buy into what we're trying to give them, um, you know, it got them off to the start, and hopefully the confidence kind of flows through to the second half.
0: Obviously, with your scheduling, you have limitations. Friday night sundown to Saturday night sun, sundown, you can't even play. Um, Hanukkah, you certainly can't play on. I find it interesting you'll sneak a game in against Layman on the sixteenth before. Uh, before no you're playing that after sundown on hanukkah
6: yeah we can uh, play it hanukkah we can play
0: okay uh but you don't play another game until the, so that's december 16th you don't play another game until january 22nd tell everybody right. the reason behind that big gap
6: well i think uh i think a lot of it has to do with uh more so with school than it is with uh with yeah. holidays it's uh they you know they they have a very you know Yeshiva is a uh, top 50 academic program in the country, and uh, they have very rigorous final schedules. So we certainly are trying to avoid uh, killing them during the finals and then, and their and their breaks. Uh, you know, obviously they have a very very small winter break at Yeshiva because of the Jewish holidays that come up in different times of the year. Uh, there's a long Jewish, uh, long Jewish holiday break in October and another one around March or April uh, for various holidays where there's just no school. They can't have any classes or anything. And uh, because of that, they have a very short winter break where they're literally only getting 10 to 12 days off uh, for winter break. And I think they uh, try to avoid having games during that time so that they could actually have some time off.
0: I was going to ask, though, you go five weeks between games, though, you know, December 16th to January 22nd. How are you going to keep the team kind of rolling along?
6: It's a nightmare. <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> we, we we kind of restricted their break a little bit in terms of the team. And, you know, we're going to certainly practice through finals. It'll be a little bit of a modified schedule. Uh, you know, we will do the best we can to get some scrimmages going and practice and, uh, and um, you know, keep the guys fresh. And, and for the week or so that they're away, we'll have a mandatory workout program, obviously, for them to follow. And you know, hey, this is uh, these are the cards we're dealt. Where we don't complain, we'll turn around and do the best we can with it.
0: Yeah, twelve games before the holiday break—that's a lot more than most people play. That's half your schedule uh, yep. in the first few weeks of the season, and before turning around, and having a little bit more of a, a more modern schedule, as it were. Second half, you just have those five weeks off. Do you dare look forward? Do you dare look ahead and go, hey, we started seven and three, we're five and one the conference we might be able to do something special this year. Do you dare do that, or is this one game at a time?
6: It's it's one game at a time. I and mean, we got we got purchased on Sunday, and we're very well aware of what they can do. Uh, you know, I, I look at our stats, and we're giving up seventy four points a game, and we mm-hmm. got to figure out a way to make that lower. And you know, we're you know we're, we're shooting the ball about fifty percent from the field, but we're turning it over fifteen or sixteen times a game. And and I'm saying to myself, if we can knock that down by five or six, that's another ten twelve points we could be scoring. So there you know there, there are a lot of little things I think we need to clean up before we can even. Even think that high of uh you know in terms of uh, in terms of the results and in terms of a uh, goal uh
0: what is, what do you hope you can accomplish as head coach of this program in the long term
6: in in the long term the goal is, is is like anywhere else you want you want to make it you know you want to you want to win the skyline, you want to get to the NCAA tournament and and eventually you want to build a program that can compete for a national championship, and, and those are lofty goals, but if you don't start somewhere and you don't have something to aim for then why are you there
0: yeah, certainly true. How much can you fall back on your playing days?
6: Um, I mean, I was lucky enough to play for Coach Albert, so I think there's a lot that I can draw from what I've learned from him, whether it's playing or over the years having conversations with him. Um, I'll be honest with you; I feel like I barely even remember my playing taste anymore. Um, but uh, there's certainly, uh, you know, the conference has changed. Um, yeah. you, know, it's, uh, you know, it used to be with uh, Manhattanville and um, and Kings Point over in uh, in uh, Great Neck. Used to be at the top of that conference, and uh, that's certainly changed over the years in terms of the teams that are involved. Uh, You'll always have, I guess, the Mount Saint Vincent and Old Westbury that are that have been around, and St. Joe's, who has been around forever. Um, But it's uh, it's definitely different. I think it's honestly, I think the level's a little higher now than it was when I played. Um, And uh, there's not much to draw on, and I feel you know very very much removed from those days. But certainly, the lessons that I learned from coach are, are things that I'm able to use you know throughout my you know coaching, whether it was in high school level or now at the college level.
0: Well, congratulations on a terrific start. As we mentioned, 7-3, and three, big game coming against Purchase and a rematch uh, of the game played six days prior. Um, as we've mentioned, coming up here, certainly uh, love to see how you the, the Maccabees do as you head into the break. Um, certainly congratulations on the 5-1 start in the skyline as well. Certainly love to see schools like yourselves making headlines in Division III. Uh, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in?
6: Well, first of all, thank you for for having me on. I think it's uh you know it's flattering for for me certainly and and for our program to have the opportunity to get a little bit of a of a spotlight. You know, our, our guys are working hard, and you know our athletic department and our AD Joe Bednarich have been extremely supportive of the program and what we're trying to build. And I think the opportunity to kind of get that you know get that message about the school out there is really tremendous. So thank you for that.
0: Well, thank you for coming on the show. Good luck the rest of the season, especially those five weeks off, as it were. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you soon. I hope.
6: Absolutely.
0: Thank you so much. Elliot Steinmetz joining us from Yeshiva. I certainly appreciate him taking the time to join us. When we come back, we wrap up the show and wrap up the 2014 side of the, t- of the season, and we'll look forward to what we're expecting in the coming weeks over the holiday breaks. You'll listen to Hoopsopers and by d3hoops.com, the National Association of Basketball Coaches. More Hoopsville right after this.
1: I used to never really talk. Ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless.
2: We've got more schools than Division 1, more fans than Division 2, and more upsets than March Madness.
11: Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're having a wonderful evening. Want to thank
0: all of our guests for appearing on the show. Certainly was a good show tonight. Um, lots to talk about, to say the least. Um, and speaking of which, we started the show talking about how we were guaranteed four of the top five we're going to lose in men's basketball this weekend. No, no, this week. No matter how it worked out, with three v five, WashU versus Illinois Wesley, and taking place this weekend. We are guaranteed four losses in the top five. We got our fifth loss tonight, though it's the same team twice. Amherst loses to number 23 Babson at home. Second loss in a row. Second loss in a row at home for the Lord Jeffs, who lose 68-49. Think about that now. They have lost two games in a row at LaFrac by an average of 19.5 points. That's incredible. 39-point total losses in the last two games for the Lord Jeffs. You know Coach Hickson will probably get things solved relatively quickly, but I don't think anybody saw that coming. I, I, granted, I think Babson at 23 is a little underrated. I've got them far higher, though I've been nervous. This game now at least makes me feel better about that. Are they a top-10 team? I don't know. I don't have my sheet. I don't think close enough to me to tell you what I did. But wow, Babson with a big victory uh, tonight. Um, That's going to go a long way for Amherst, who had 11 first-place votes and were seven points out of first place this week. They are now five and two. They will take on. They they are off until the thirtieth. When they get into some landmark action they will take on drew on december 30th at drew they will then play at goucher on the second on the d3 hoop schedule that's marked as a non-region game that is a regional game just in case anybody is curious it is a regional game forgive me i got my earbuds backwards they will then work their way back north they will then take on eastern connecticut Um, in a span of a week. So I suspect the Lord Jeffs will probably be on the road the entire time. No point in going back and forth from Drew back up to Amherst, back to Baltimore, back up to Amherst, back to Connecticut, back up to Amherst. They'll probably um, maybe drop by Amherst on the way to go to Hamilton on the 9th before playing Williams on the 10th, I would suspect, coming from Eastern Connecticut. But a tough stretch there if you're the Lord Jeffs. I will see Coach Hickson and the Lord Jeffs in that at Goucher, obviously, on January 2nd. Um I we will hopefully get an interview with him uh at that time as well. But two losses in a row for the Lord Jeffs to close out the 2014 season, technically, the part of the season. Yes, Drew is is still in 2014, but they are off now uh for the next eighteen days. So this break they lose two in a row going into that. They will then take on Drew on the thirtieth of December. That is pretty surprising. For Babson, on the other hand. They are now 8-1. Their loan loss coming to Bates at home, 54-51. That game, that loss happening in regulation. It wasn't overtime or anything. Um, they are off until the 31st when they take on Colby. So a great finish for them. They have wins over Bowden and Tufts, Amherst, um, Babson, showing that they are just that good this year. To say the least. Um, so pretty impressive for Babson and pretty interesting for Amherst. You're going to have 18 days to think about a two-game losing stretch. You're either going to come out fired up or those 18 days are going to kind of have you ho-hum just a little bit. A reminder, we are off the air for the rest of 2014 in the live sense or at least our our weekly shows. There's just no way next week, while I'm down in Salem, Virginia, for the Stag Bowl and Gallardi Trophy presentations, that we can put a show on. We have tried in the past. It's just not going to happen. Let's be realistic. So we are off, and then we're off, obviously, we're not going to be on the air for Christmas. Um, and then the following week, we're actually going to be um, in Las Vegas. Or really, it'll be January 1st. So we will just gotten back from Las Vegas. We will be conducting interviews and Hoopsville Corner interviews throughout the week there of the 14 games five to be played on the 28th five to be played on the 29th and four to be played on the on the 30th pat coleman and myself will also be joined by justin sweeney to broadcast those games but we'll conduct those interviews in the meantime so look out for those those will kind of tide you over until we are back on the air january 4th that is a sunday we start our sunday thursday schedule at that point 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern for all of those, all the way through March. We Don't forget, we have special shows to come up. We'll have our 12-hour marathon date to be determined. Uh, it will most likely be on a Thursday. I suspect it'll be the 29th. That's off the top of my head. Um... We'll also uh, talk. Um, we'll have extended shows, obviously, around the end of the postseason or regular season, as well as we get ready for postseason basketball. That's our usual we'll talk. More about that down the road. Also, probably have our fundraiser back up and running, though it won't be as nearly as grandiose, I think, as last year's. But we'll certainly do it. We'll see what how the the reaction is to that. Uh, so on and so forth. Also, we are hoping to hit the road at least, maybe maybe once in january outside chance of another road trip in february and there's always an outside chance of a third trip in there certainly but so keep an eye here's the trick we were talking to some people and we think this might be fun we don't think we're going to tell you where we're going that's the trick you're going to have to follow us on twitter and see where we show up to games and find out what interviews we may conduct again that might end up meaning one of our sunday hoopsville shows that we normally do may not air normally because we will have been doing interviews throughout a weekend but we'll stay in touch with that and let you know so keep in touch on all that we'll see how it goes as we get closer to that but again look for us to be on the road sometime in the near future as well i'm trying to think if there's other little details we got to get going here um, if you have any questions for us, even when we're off the air, you can tweet us at D3 Hoopsville or use the hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Facebook us, facebook.com slash hoopsville as well. Uh, a couple uh, side notes, other programming notes not related to Hoopsville. Don't forget it uh, coming up a week from yesterday, so in six days on Wednesday, December uh, 17th. We will be live with a YD3 show and D3Football.com presentation of the Ghilardi Trophy uh, that will take place live in Salem. Um, I will be your host to start the show, and then Frank Rossi and Pat Coleman will take over and drive the ship the rest of the way. That is coming up again on Wednesday, December 17th. Don't forget, we'll also have wall-to-wall stag bowl coverage coming up on the 19th on game day uh, from Salem, Virginia. Again, the hoops D3Hoops.com Classic from South Point Arena coming up in Las Vegas. That is the 28th, 29th, and 30th. Uh, we will be there. Uh, if you are there, let your let us know. We would certainly love to see what fans uh, are out there and so on and so forth. We'll be covering some good basketball. I mean, remember, number one FDU Florham is going to be there in women's basketball, uh, along with Stevens Point, and uh, I believe it's either Whitewater or Oshkosh. I think it's Oshkosh on the women's side of things. Whitewater was there last year. I don't think they're coming back. Uh, Though it will be a little strange not to see Ramapo's men's basketball team there. Uh, A little inside joke there with Coach McBreen uh, there at Ramapo. Uh, Hampton-Sydney will be there on the men's side. For example, Hanover, who's made some waves early this year, is back for another tour uh, at the D3Hoops.com Classic. A reminder, if you're interested in participating in the D3Hoops.com Classic, let us know. Uh, It is um, a traditional tournament. Sports Tours runs it, and we certainly look forward to their hospitality, as always, at the South Point Arena. I think that's going to do it for us. It has been a crazy start to this season, to say the least, especially on the men's side tonight, showing you again. Amherst losing for the second time in a row as the number 2 team in the country, losing to Brandeis and now Babson. Babson's actually now won back-to-back appearances at LaFrac Gymnasium as well. So, craziness. And we've already had three different number 1s. We're bound to have a fourth. I mean, if you look at the top 25 on the men's side, does that mean Wash U? Should they beat Illinois Wesleyan? Let's say Illinois Wesleyan beats Wash U. Now you got to pick them for number one. I think Wash U is about the only one who's a legitimate number one. Even I will consider them, though I have them much lower in my poll than some others do. But if they beat Illinois Wesleyan and are the last man standing, maybe they should be the number one team. But if they were to lose, let's just argue that Illinois Wesleyan beats Wash U on Saturday, nobody in the top 10 except for Richard Stockton's undefeated. Which it means, in my opinion... It's a pick for number one. Yeah, I think you're going to have voters all over the place. Um, you saw it a little bit with three teams getting first-place votes this week. You're going to be all over the place, in my opinion. I think everyone's going to try and is going to be grasping to figure out who the number one team in the country is when the poll comes out on Monday. And certainly m- more questions beyond that. So it's a year of the questions. It's a year of the upsets. It's a year of of not really... Having anybody in men's basketball standing head and shoulders above everybody else. It's just that simple. I don't know if that means everybody's come down a level or people have risen. I don't know. I don't know what that really means. But certainly going to be fascinating to watch this finish. And like I said, if this is how it's beginning, at the end of the season, we might be wide open for a men's back bracket that you just can't go, oh, they're getting. I mean, granted, we have to figure out how it looks in a bracket to begin with. But usually you can kind of go, I think. I think these two teams got the best chance at Salem this year. We might be on. I don't know who goes to Salem. It's wide open. It's going to be who literally whoever survives. We're going to get tough matchups early on because everybody's beating everybody, not because it's unfair, but because everybody is beating everybody, we're going to have tough matchups this year, plain and simple. It's going to be probably the deepest men's basketball championship tournament we've had in a long time. And then on the women's side, it's getting deeper there, too. You heard Coach Nancy Faye talking about it. It is not you know cut and dry anymore. There's a lot more women who play very good basketball in this country, especially at Division three. I was actually talking to a parent the other day whose whose daughter transferred from Division two to Division three, and he said he won wa- he was at one of their games, and he said their opponent was like a Division two team. It was a Division three team, but the opponent was a Division two team in the sense of how they were built, how they played how they executed. And I said to him, yes, division three's got really good basketball on the men's and women's side. It's just not appreciated. People automatically assume that because it's division three, it's not that good. We all know, and I'm preaching to the choir to those who out there who certainly know division three as well as I do division three teams can play with the division twos and the division ones. It just depends on the matchups. We've got some really good basketball going on around the country. My hope to you during the holidays is if you've got a game near you, go watch it. Go check it out. Go see some of the top teams. I'm going to get a chance to see Amherst. I'm also going to get a chance to see FDU Florham, Ham, uh, Harden's, uh, Hamden-Sydney, uh, Oshkosh and Stevens Point on the women's side, uh, Hanover on the men's side, even Husson. Husson, who is a team that every you know wanted a lot of respect last year. I'm going to get a chance to see these teams. You should go out. I Granted, don't travel like I do. I'm not saying go crazy here. But if you got games near you, go check it out. Go to a gym, watch these teams play. Enjoy what you're getting this chance to see. And even watch games that have nothing to do with maybe your team. Go and get a chance. There are there are pockets where there are games easily available. Where I am, I can go an hour or so and hit all kinds of gyms. Take advantage of that. Go do it yourself. Enjoy this. This is this may be one of the most in, interesting years We've had in a very long time. Take advantage of it. Go out and watch the games them yourself. And, of course, take advantage of web streams as well. So that's going to do it for 2014 here on the show. Again, we'll be doing a ton of interviews when we're in Vegas. That will kind of be our tide over until we get back on the air on January 4th. And, again, when we hit the air January 4th, which is a Sunday, we'll be on the air for the most part every Sunday and every Thursday, 7 and 9 p.m. Eastern. There's going to be some variations in that, and we'll certainly keep you abreast of those if you have questions for us when we're not on the air or you have guest ideas or whatever the case may be tweet us at d3 hoopsville use the hashtag hoopsville email us hoopsville at d3hoops.com join us on facebook at facebook.com hoopsville also don't forget podcasts if you missed any of this show you can watch it on demand on youtube you can also listen to it on podcasts via soundcloud at this time we're also hoping by the new year we'll be able to get itunes up and running as well that's going to do it for us thanks for tuning in thanks for tuning in to start of this season keep abreast of everything at d3hoops.com and of course using the hashtag d3h on twitter as well want to thank all of my guests tonight um it 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 was a terrific show and and we got some great guests who, who are willing to take the time to join us um and we certainly appreciate that uh including uh lynchburg's uh hillary scott um brandeis's brian Meehan of course, uh, Salisbury women's basketball coach Kelly Lewandowski, um, um, WashU's women's basketball coach Nancy Fay, and Yeshiva's men's basketball coach Eric Steinmetz. We appreciate their time, appreciate their SIDs helping us get them. Uh, on the air as well that's going to do it for us here on hoopsville which is presented by d3hoops.com and the national association of basketball coaches i hope all of you have a wonderful holiday season no matter what you celebrate or maybe what you don't celebrate and also have a happy new year we'll certainly see you in the new year and you'll see us back on the air in, in bits and pieces at d 3 hoopscom Classic in las vegas thanks every again for your um, patronage and we'll see you guys back here in the new year here on hoopsville